Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Atamari, yeah. Good morning, everyone. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. SCNZ Thursday, first of the month. Wake up, wake up, wake up. It's the first of the month. Get up, get up, get up, get up, get up. Yes, first of September. <laughs> We're here. Oh, I love, I love September and I love the end of the year, Uncle. It's right here upon us. The good horses come out to race. The sun is shining. The beer is flowing, and oh, life just feels that much better, mate. How are you, Kempi? <laughs> I'm, I'm all good. The only thing I hate about this time of year is the hay fever, mate, starts to come around. It's terrible. Oh. And oh, like no. last, no, well, this, early this morning, we're up at three thirty. Both me and the me and the bride, and, and uh, sitting there sniffling and carrying on. It's just, it's in the air, mate. But I love it. I love when spring yeah. comes around. It starts <laughs> to heat up. You know, the sun's coming. You're dead right. The beer gets colder. And uh, mm. yeah, we're just about holiday season, brother. It's always a good time. Oh, always a good time. It is a great time. It is a great time. Oh, I love this time of year. Every time I've stepped out, last three mornings, I've stepped out outside, looked up, and you can just see all the stars, a clear sky. It's uh, been a couple of great days down here, North Otahi, Christchurch, and Tim, and uh, Mark, and, and everyone from Christchurch. They'll know. They'll know that it is. John, he knows. He knows what I'm talking about. It's beautiful down here. Anyway, lads, been a few texts on the Temper Bedpost text machine on the Field of Dreams, Louis. Field of Dreams, PGG Rights and Turf, giving uh, four clubs the opportunity for a new, um, wow, sports field makeover, really, and there's four clubs that have uh, been announced yesterday. So there's been a few texts coming through on the text machine. How good is that to see? Yeah, they're and up. Also, they're up early in P Naughty, Palmerston North North, yeah. <laughs> North Boys High School. <laughs> or they've not gone to sleep yet. I've actually got a good story about not going to sleep yet for when you're uh, in a little couple of minutes, is he? <laughs> nah, let us know. Let us know what happened. <laughs> no, you set the show up and come back to me. Oh, uh, okay, okay, okay. Well, today big show, big show as always. Always a big show here on 
is Ian Kempe for breakfast. But to start the show after 7 o'clock, AFL Finals is upon us. And this morning, it is a privilege to welcome onto our show host of the SCNZ Breakfast Melbourne show. And he's played 300 games for the Bombers, the Essendon Bombers. Tim Watson will join us to wow, give us a little preview of what's to be expected in the AFL Finals. We're very lucky to have Tim Watson on our show. It'd be nice and early over there in Australia too. We appreciate him getting up nice and early to have a chat to us. So looking forward to that. And then following that, IndyCars as Dixon, McLaughlin and Co. battle it out for the coveted IndyCar Championship. Only two races left. Nick Yilman will be on our show later on to chat about that. The IndyCars, where's it going to go? Who's going to win? Hopefully a Kiwi. Gets the job done. Field of Dreams, Waitara Rugby League Club from Tony Kemp. No, Kempe. <laughs> Come on. No. Come on. No, You're talking grassroots. That's my club. These They want to get out of that paddock. Well, you had a chance. This, this competition's been going for a while, and now we're down to the final four. So you're a bit late there, Kempe. <laughs> you're a bit late there. Been called in, mate. Substitute in for the finals. Uh, if it's a bit wet somewhere else, we'll, we'll give Watara a call, eh? Anyway, after eight, we're going to talk uh, some cricket. Bang! Colin de Gronholm retires from international cricket to focus on the shorter form of the game. Bolt was the first. Is this a trend? And should New Zealand cricket be worried? Mitchell McLennigan will join the show after eight o'clock to talk about that. The breaking news. Has Trenty Bolty started something here? As the dollar signs started to light up in the eyes and say, well, he made that decision. Was this always part of the plan? We'll find out after 8 o'clock. Then we're going to go round the grounds with Rainbird later on the show. Lots of sport happening. 0800-150-811 on the Kenatai phone line. Give us a call throughout the morning. We'd love to hear from you. Double eight double three on the Temper Bedpost text machine. And remember, here we go. You'll love this, all you cricketing fans. Chapel Hadley Series in Australia, live here with Dan McCarty, Grant Elliott, Sam Hargreaves and Damien Fleming bringing you all the action from the cricket, live here on SCNZ. There you go. We love bringing you cricket. That's huge news. That is such good news. That's perfect time slot. I think those ODIs started about four in the Arvo or thereabouts, right through drive Mm. to dinner time, on your way home, SCNZ on the wireless. How good is that? And Dan McCarty as well, just getting so up and about for some white ball cricket. Um, Yeah, that's very, 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 very cool news. I'm thinking of all the stallions this morning. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a long they time. Love this time of year. <laughs> is, it, is, this, is today the day? Today, mate, breeding season first is spring. Oh, wow. Okay. It's all go. I remember this day last year. I remember this day last year when we, we got a couple of trainers on and yeah. That's oh, nice. Hey, Sammy Williams down there in uh, Marston and Little Avondale. Send us a picture from the breeding barn. What about you, Mark Chittick, down there in uh, Matamata? What's uh, the big boy Savabeel up to? You know, how many years he through already? 6 a.m. I'm sure the lads in the barns around the uh, the country at the moment are already hard into work because breeding season, it's upon us, and they get a certain amount of time for the Cineramas of the world to go and have their, um, well, I guess... Their boots fooled. Their career as a broodmare begun, and um, Tarzino obviously this year for Cinerama. Very exciting news, Kimpy. Oh, it is, and I've sent my um, my 
best wishes up there to the Pulse gods to make sure that they fill Cinerama up with a Group 1 Cox Plate champion. Please let that happen. Please let that happen. <laughs> I want to go to Cox Plate and want to win it. Well, Kempi, you will get an see, invite, uh, is it? You will get an invite. I oh. guarantee it. I guarantee. And, but, I'm going, and, and, and if it and if it's actually like I've, I've got my own cox plate, mate. I'll be racing you. Pungo, <laughs> Do you know what? You know, Tarzino, the staying, you know, the Derby champ, right? He's got that staying power. Cinerama, naturally herself, she can get over distance, but she has that electric turn of foot, probably best over a mile or eighteen hundred, and she can oh, kind of happen. wind up. What are we? Two thousand meter cox plate. Alan's breeding a Cox Plate champion. Yes. Mm. Yeah, keep singing it. Let's make a song. <laughs> oh, Kempi, if you turn up to that stable in that singlet, I'd run fast too, all right? Yeah. <laughs> well, look at those arms. Oh, mate, I'm out this, I'm out this weekend. I'm going to buy a whole new, new wardrobe of singlets and some new bodies. Um, I got a text yesterday. You know, I told that snow story. And yeah. uh, one of my mates texted me and said, mate, I can just see you going down the slope in your boardies and your singlet. <laughs> he said he was pissing his pants listening to that story down in the Hawke's Bay, down in Napier where he's driving around. He was the guy that bought you the coffee. Oh, mate. Roscoe. Champion. Champion. Yeah. Roscoe, he's a good man. And you know, who else I saw, you know who else I saw in a singlet? was Mark, mate. Mark from Tauranga. Is it Mark from Tauranga that brings us the wine? Yeah, Tauranga. Yeah, yeah. Mate, yeah. he ran through he's Ponsonby got a, got the other day. <laughs> It's called Mark the Rig, mate. Seriously, that's it. Honest. In the middle, of, like was I went, I went up. Oh, I just went up there for quite a little beer, and um, looked out the window, and here's old Hulk, the, here's Arnie Swatchnigger, mate, running down the middle of Pontsville, going, "Look at this dude!" And then he went, yeah. me, "Oh, it's Mark." And you know why he's running down Pontsville? Oh, of course. <laughs> of course. Oh, At that mate. time of day, Lulu Lemon. It's, it's after, yeah, after work drinks. He's, He'll be listening. He'll be listening. Oh, Oh, Mate, cut up. The rig ripped as oh. anything. Unbelievable. Maybe he should have been out there playing for Ellesmere in the weekend. Then. I, think he, I think he's the one sneaking in here taking all these Musashi bars. Kempi, I think you're like me, Kempi. I think you're a bit like me. So my wife the other day was like, you've let it go. You've let it all go. And I said, what do you mean? She goes, you wear the same outfit. Every single day. The same outfit. Crusaders track pants from five years ago when you were playing, so they're really tight. Good. And you put your, your identity hoodie on, and you just wear your slippers. And I'm like, yeah, I'm comfortable. I'm at home. She's like, yeah, but we're about to go out for lunch, and you wear the same outfit. I'm like, oh. She's like, Israel, please, just, just go shopping and, and, and just buy you something, a new shirt or new something. Like, you just look this. I'm like, man, she really hit a sore spot, eh? Because oh. I, I actually am. I'm comfortable. Mate, you're, like, you're, I'm you're comfortable. actually... You deserve you're, it. You'll laugh, laugh as he says, so I get up this morning and I chuck my boardies on. I chuck my boardies on. And Jay sitting there, she's going... Come over here. Those pockets are hanging out. Does there is a zip on that back pocket? Those are done. Like get yeah, you know, get she's basically saying, get those off and get something different. I'm going, they're fine. They're absolutely fine. <laughs> but yeah, I mean I remember my old man was like that, mate. Like I remember one time he found his old freezing works singlet thrown in the rubbish bin. Oh, spewing. And you know the freezing work singlets, um, like muslin cloth, eh? They put them on, yeah. and this thing was not just his, his singlet that he wore around, but he he went diving in it. He did everything in it, and it had rips and holes through it. And he found it in the rubbish bin, mate. I've never heard anyone go up so bad at the old lady. What are you doing? <laughs> Even I looked and went, Nah, man. 
that's rubbish. That's not that's not a singlet. But you know what it's like. You, you get your little favourites. You don't want to let go of them. <laughs> and Mark from oh. and Mark from Tauranga has come through. <laughs> he said, "He said, as Clayton would go, ah, oh, Kempi." I tell you what, I tell you what. The next time I see you running through with that rig, I'm making a song and dance about it out on the street, mate. Do it, do it. Man. It is so good. Vava so only diet. I don't know. I don't know what it takes to get a rig like that. But Izzy, I don't want, mate. Don't change. You know, you you are you have you've earned the right to be comfortable, mate. You're a 66 test all back, working hard, getting up. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, out filming every day, out on the farm, farming. You know, you don't have to change for anyone, mate. Oh, thanks, Louis. Thanks, Louis. And on the farm, it's a sad day. It's a sad day today. The cows are going today. The cattle are off on. They're off on their journey. Yeah, they're off on their little journey today. They're getting picked up this morning. Patient time. Come on. I'm not sad. White bit. Get out of here. Move off, you bloody cows. Move off. Move off. They're on the move. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's good, is he? Um, uh, oh, lads, lads, lads. Yeah. I've got distracted. I needed to tell you something. Yeah. This is yeah, I, what, what's happened. I had it. Speaking of singlets and um, spring and being in in the cold, I had a hell of a morning. So on my way to work, as I am, just after four a.m. most mornings, I actually see Joe because Joe lives just down the road from me. He pulls out in front of me in his his little uh, Volkswagen, and so we're cruising down Parnell Rise. And I see Joe nearly hit somebody, like a pedestrian, on the street. And I was thinking, whoa, did I see that? Is that, is that that's a bit strange. And he's just gone flying past, like no care in the world, just disregard for humanity. <laughs> it's Joe. He's just, gone, he's just gone straight past. I've got closer. It's this young lady, and she's in a singlet, like a small singlet and pants, and she's been out all night. It's 4 a.m., and I kind of slowed down. You know, you're weary of people on the street at that time because there's some weirdos mm. out around Auckland. Wind down the window. Hey, hey, you all right? And the first words that come back, no, I'm not. And I was thinking, oh, here we go. So I just pulled over. I was like, well, what's going on here just out the window? And she just runs around, opens the car door, jumps in the front seat. Young lady, I'm thinking, oh, here we go. What's going on here? What's wrong? What do you need? My phone's dead. I've been out all night with my friend in Auckland, but she went home. I stayed out. Phone's gone dead. She's got her <laughs> FPOS card in one hand and her ID. Her phone absolutely dead in the other. And she's looking at me like, can you just drive around? She's up around here somewhere. And I'm thinking, well, I'm not going to drive you around. I don't, you know, I was like, do you know the address? No clue. I was like, do you know how to get there? Oh, I need to ring her. Dead phone. So we drive down here. I bring her into work. So here I am. I've given her my SCNZ jacket. Walking into the, the building here in Saatchi and Saatchi in Auckland. She's kind of trudging behind me. She's pretty steamed. Like, she's had a good night. She's had a good night. And there you go. Joe, jo, you recognise this person you nearly ran over? Um, <laughs> and she sat down, charged her phone. Fair income. Chat phone's charged. She's being pretty nice and polite. She's a love, lovely girl. She's obviously just really distressed and wants to go home. She can't get hold of her friend, doesn't know the address. Even if she had the address, she reckons she couldn't jump the fence and it's her parents' home and it's all locked up. And this is about 5 a.m. at this stage, and I'm thinking, oh, we've got a show to put together here. <laughs> we need to get this show on the road. So, sorry, matey, but what are we going to do? Ring the local hotel. They're booked up. The next one booked up. Oh. She's like, I just want to go to sleep. 
All right, back in the car you go. Drive her back up. She's now asleep on my house at my house on my couch. <laughs> and I rung Shannon. I rung Shannon. I rung Shannon at five ten past five and gone, oh "Hey, God. hey, just hear me out. Hear me out." I was like, "Don't Some be random girls on the couch." And so we've got up there. I've just like, "Hey, just write down. Get your notes on your phone out." She's like, "I'm on one percent." I was like, "Sorry, I'll give you a new phone charger." Just write down your name, who you are, and why you're here and where you are so when you wake up, you don't just lose it. So she's done that. She's gone and she's lying on the couch. Shannon's got her a couple of blankets and stuff. And I'm just, and Good I, work. I go upstairs to just to say thanks to Shannon, come back down. She's combing on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> just absolutely <laughs> gonski. And she was telling me on the ride back up, she's like, I'm so sorry. Like, thank you so much. I'll just I'll shut my eyes and then I'll be gone before. When as soon as it's sunny, I'll leave again. It's all right. Just calm down. You're all right. But gee whiz, an eventful morning and good old Joey Bellhead. Good Samaritan. Just gone straight what past it. 100%. There's a, there's a lesson in that. There's there's a lesson in that for every yeah. young bloke that needs yeah. to make sure they do the right thing and look after those type of people that are lost like that. Yeah, you man. know, Joe, don't ever drive past anyone like that again, mate. Yeah, man. All right, take that lesson yeah, from look, Louie. Louie, honestly, you could have, hate to say it, but like she's a young girl. She's, um, oh, I've seen some weirdos you know, in Parnell. She's vulnerable. At that she's time vulnerable, morning. mate. Yeah. Like, and she doesn't really remember. And you've, you've probably just, um, made the best decision she's ever made. But obviously, if she's still there when she wakes up, maybe just sit her down and, and have in a chat to her about it. Because we a don't, month. we don't want them. <laughs> if oh. she's still there in a month, no. maybe you need to talk to her. Well, well, the funny thing was, she's, she's gone, Shannon's gone. Well, is she trustworthy? I was like, well, she seems pretty, she seems harmless. She's lovely enough. And then I just said, as we're driving, I was like, no, don't steal anything because it's going to yeah. be really hard to explain. <laughs> and she's like, she's like, no, no, I don't do this. She's like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not like that. I was like, I was like, and don't be out on the middle of the road in Auckland again. And she's like, no, I'm okay. Yeah, I'm silly. I'm not a stealer. I'm silly. <laughs> so she was, she was from, the, where was she from? The Hawks, Hawks Bay. Bay. Is she? And I said, do you know Izzy Dag? And she's like, ew, 66 test all black, son of the bay. Son of the bay. Not surprising, she's from Hawke's Bay. That's how we roll. <laughs> <laughs> Just wing it into the deep, dark depths oh. of Auckland on a Wednesday night. Hey, and talk about rolling, oh. mate, rolling. Joe went for a run, Izzy. I don't know if we told you that, but Joe went for a run yesterday morning, can't walk today. He's discovered. Oh. He's discovered something. Guess what? He's discovered what? muscles. He's got yeah. muscles. And they are hurt, nice. hurting, and he's limping this morning from his run, mate. It's all starting to take shape. The push-ups, the running. He's got some. He's got juice in his face. He's starting to, you know what I mean? The white shirts on the beach are coming out, Joe, very shortly. <laughs> forget. Oh, Joey. Keep for, it up. Forget Mark from Tauranga. It's going to be <laughs> Joe from Tauranga. Can't wait question of the day. Um, so, moral of that, if anybody's looking for a young lady from Hawke's Bay in Auckland, uh, just get in touch and I can send you to my address because she, she'll probably be wanting some McDonald's and a, um, a ride home any second now when she wakes up. Can't wait question of the day. Team naming Thursday, boys. All works for Argentina. Uh, just about as an important team naming as we've had, and we say that every week. But the reality is we were lauding the team last week for being consistent, the coaching team for being consistent. We were saying this is what they need. They need consistency and selection. Give these guys a fair crack. So with that in mind, 
Should they not change anything? Personally, I don't think so. I think they need to change something. My can't wait question of the day for you, Izzy and you, Kempi, and you on 0800 150 811, the Kenatai phone line. Who is the player that got a start last weekend that does not get a start this weekend? One change, one for one, but who does not get a start again this weekend? Because I think they need to make changes. 22 minutes past 6 o'clock here with Kim's Warehouse. Great savings every day. Back with the can't wait question of the day after this. 27 minutes past 6 o'clock. Can't wait question of the day. Which All Black got a start last weekend that doesn't get a start this weekend when the team is named? Izzy, what do you think? Ooh, I think there's going to be a few changes, but the area that that's that got dominated last week, I think, was the breakdown area and um, their ability to not even really get over and, and slow Argentina's ball down. So I'm predicting that they're going to have to make a big call and they're going to give um, uh, Dalton a, a shot. They're going to give Dalton a shot and he's going to come in and he's going to pr- provide car opportunity for Sam Kane to go to the bench and give him a chance to have a crack. And uh, Artie stays at eight. So if they don't do that, then I'm predicting Artie will go to seven and give him an opportunity and bring someone else on eight. But yeah, that's the area I think that they need a lot of movement, a lot of a lot of change. Uh, just the, the ability to get over and, and slow the ball down. Look, you, I hate that, but um, just, yeah, oh, I just think to, they probably might make that change. So just that to change, confirm yeah. it, is it you're saying that you think we're going to have a change in captain? I think so. And will Artie take the armband. Adi will take the armband or Sammy. Depends on what happens with Brody. Brody's going to start. Does he start with um, Sammy Whitelock or does he go in with Scott Barrett and Scott Barrett goes six? Like that's the. There's a few options there, but yeah, I think they're going to give it a nudge. The pressure's on, like you know, like it's. Mm. Look, I love Sam and and it's been a difficult time for him, but we just need someone to really get in there and pull for the ball and and make a difference at the breakdown. And I know it might be a chance for, to give Dalton that because Dalton has proven he's he's got he's got quality and he played throughout the Super Rugby season. You saw the difference he mm. made in that final when he came on; he was uh, phenomenal. So yeah, that, that's where I'm thinking. Yeah, look, I got to agree. I think that um, you know there's a ma- immense amount of pressure on Sammy Kane at the moment. And that Dalton probably does get a shot this week. If 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 there is a week where he gets a shot, it's this week. Um, and you're right; they need it's in the middle of the park. You know, they need to they need to get and own that breakdown, like as he said. And at the moment, it's really the only change they can make. You know, I would like to see some size. Like you think, um, where does that size come from, though? Is he? You know, where does that size come from that competes against the Argentinians? If it's not size, then you've got to have someone that's going to get their head right stuck in the middle of it and not be not be afraid of it. So, unfortunately for Sammy, I think Sammy's just probably going to going to get on get put on the bench this week, and they're going to give Dalton a crack. Mm. What do you reckon, Lee? I'm yeah. <laughs> I don't even like. I I agree. Like I like. I've agreed for a long time. I just don't know if they'll do it. Well, I don't know how desperate they are anymore. Like mm. we lost to Argentina at home. Do we even care? Do they care? They they have to be desperate. They, and I've, I've got a wee something written at at seven fifty five that I want to say it's, it's it's got a little bit of passion in it. But they have to. Like for me, I don't care who wears what number and who whoever's playing where. Uh, there just has to be a bit more, des- like you said, desperation and, yeah. and, and mana and, and pride put back in that jersey. Like, you know, like it's it's a jersey. We're only caretakers of it. And this is an opportunity for us to go out and, and, and wear that jersey. So 
Yeah, I'll talk a little bit more about 7.55, but there's going to probably be a couple of changes. Oh, I just don't like this. Is we just lost to Argentina at home, guys? Like, like that is soak that. Let that wash over you if you're three selecting this team. Consecutive home losses. Three consecutive home losses for the first time in 116 years. And that can't wow. all be Ian Foster. So the players that they hey two two things like we've got to shoot off. But just have a think about this because I don't actually know the answers. How do you get Severis on the field? And can Finlay Christie or Falau Fakatava start? Start. Yes. Okay. Twenty-eight. We'll get to that. Twenty-eight away from seven. <laughs> um, after this, we'll dissect what does he means there. We'll also look at some uh, U.S. Open scores as well. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota together with shaping and building New Zealand. Twenty-six away from seven o'clock this morning. Uh, some really interesting teams coming through on double eight, double three. We'll get to those in just a second. At Bunnings Trade, helping business is our trade. We're here to make your job easier because helping business is our trade. That is Bunnings Trade. So right now at the US Open, Andy Murray is tied in a really tight one with Nava from America. He went down in the first set, 7-5, then got 6-3 up in the second, currently leading the third 2-1. Rafael Nadal went through yesterday, by the way. It's 7-15, can't wait for this. We have got Nick Kyrgios up against Bonzi of France. So looking forward to seeing Nick Kyrgios in action. Uh, in the Premier League, well, we've got EPL matches rolling on right now. Uh, Arsenal and Aston Villa have just kicked off. We've, so have Manchester City and Nottingham Forest. We're waiting for Liverpool, Newcastle at 7am, West Ham, Tottenham at 6.45. And just on the team... I guess the All Blacks, that's 11.30 or so today you will get that announced. Keep your messages coming through. Ask the question about Sevier Reese and Finlay Christie or Falau Fakatava. Lots of people on double eight, double three, including Dave's coming through and, and they've made those changes. With Sevier Reese, is Geordie Barrett a chance to be the unlucky one here? Is he? Or is Caleb Clark? Because it can't be Will Jordan, right? No, it can't be Will Jordan. No way, he'll be in there somewhere. See what we're about. Um, there's a there's a good opportunity that it can be for Jordy because I know Fozzie. I don't know if he will make a U-turn, but he was not a fan of Jordy at twelve. So with uh, I know people are calling for it and people are dying for it. We need a bit of direction there, and honestly, he'd be he'd be fantastic in there. He's a courageous player, and he runs extremely hard. He's defensively really good. Um, but whether Fozzie will make that change, I'm I'm un- I'm pretty uncertain he will. So um, yeah, it'll be a, probably at the cost of him. But even in the midfield, you know, like Rico had the performance of of his career in South Africa, and I feel the best performance he's put in to date at centre. And then in Christchurch, had a difficult night, had a, had a struggle quite a bit, and that's a flow on effect from what was happening with uh, the tens and the twelves, and just. Um, they're not really having any uh, people on their feet. They're always trying to have to fight. They're putting four into the breakdown, so that's less numbers to be out on their feet to, to provide options. So um, that had a flow-on effect as well, and we just lacked like we had no numbers, and we had no uh, op- options out there to, to break down the Argentina defence. So, look, there's there's a case for, for a lot of positions after that performance, let's be, let's be honest. Um, but whether they make them, I'm unsure. 
We'll soon find out, but I'm predicting a few changes, Louis and Kempi. I'm, I'm actually predicting a couple of changes, and, which is weird because Fozzie's come out and says he wants consistency with his selections. So but You can't might be consistently average, can you? Yeah, I know. I know, and that's it. Or, or, or un- inconsistent. And you, you, know? can't keep changing, <laughs> you can't keep changing the team around if you've got a new attacking coach trying to instill some, some structure mm. and a system in place. You know... It's a game of chess when you're up against a, a team. They they came out, Chico, I read a little bit of what Chico wrote and what David Kidwell was saying is that they were just sending blokes. They had to go at them and make the tackles. And it's really risky defence when you're doing that. You know, you put your body on the line and you make, your, you make your mind up really quick to make that decision. And if it comes off, you look like you're kings, you know, which it did for Argentina. Yeah. But you've got to, it's a game of chess. You've got to get in it. And you've got to, you know, stop losing your bottle about knowing what works for you because you think someone's rushing you every time you get it. You've got to beat them in that game of chess because if you if you go in that, it's a, it's a mindset. If your mindset is, I'm actually going to beat you, you, you might get me once, you might get me twice, but I'm going to get you the third time, you've got to stay in the fight. What happens is when that, that defensive structure comes at you that many times, you start to get really anxious. That's what, that's what happens. And you start to question what you're doing because you're getting pulled down. I think that the players can do that. I think what Fozzie has mm. to say is get your mindset right. Stick to stick to the system that we know we did in South Africa that got us the got us the lollies. You got to be brave, eh, Kempty? You got to be brave. The brave because that, that is New Zealand rugby's kryptonite at the moment. You know, line speed puts us under pressure. We cut back. You know what Richie was doing? They were coming on the outside. Then we cut back into the big numbers. We get tackled, and it's pretty much a, a and double that's what shoulder. You're and they. they and they could, yeah, defensive, uh, defensively, you're trying to make them cut back. You, but you, you're rushing them because you know if they get on the outside, they're going to beat you. So you're trying to make them step back. So on the flip side, Kempi, for the Orbits, what are they going to do? They've got to be brave. They've got to get into position. Last week, I thought their set, their ability to get set and be a, a viable option for the, for the attacking guys was poor. So they need to get in position. They need to look up and see what the Argentinian defence are providing, and they need to communicate. They need to communicate to Richie, to the to the nines, where the options are. And then after that, they've got to go forward and they've got to be brave. When you rush, you come out of line, you put yourself in the bad position. You've got to beat them into that space. The space might be in the the space will ninety nine percent be on the inside. Don't go on the outside because that's what they want you to do. You gotta beat them on the inside into that space. And then also, another option is when they line speed, there is actually genuine space for a little kick somewhere. A little bit of a dink over the top or a little bit of a crossfield kick or put it up like the kicking went out the door last week. So I know it's all that's what Argentina are doing. They put you they're rushing to put you under pressure, but there are options there and you've just got to be brave. Yep, that's right, Izzy, and that's from a guy who's been there and done it. Be brave. Will they be brave in selection? And what will they do with Sam Kane? It's look, he's in an unfortunate position. Sam Kane. Nobody is questioning his loyalty to the jersey or what his intentions are. But right now, we are getting murdered at the breakdown every single time. Murray Mixted on Staffy's show yesterday without Blackadder, who is injured, who he rates as the best. A lot of us do. He suggested Artie at seven, Dalton at eight, but he also said Sam's top three for open side flanker. Um, we've got Morena lads, I think, Harvili to the bench and RTS in. Yeah, well, do they bring Roger to Avasashek in? Or what about Leicester flying Anuku? Where is Leicester? Because they thought he was good enough to play against Ireland. Why can't he get another go now? What are they seeing in camp? Josh says he would love to see Bowden. 
Yeah. Direct centre. Well, how's this from Josh? I'd love to see Bowden at 10, Geordie at 12, Rico to the wing, Will Jordan to fullback. Rico is one of the best finishers in the game. And mm. I know that we want, cons- we're kind of starting to contradict ourselves because we're talking about consistency. But this is the, this is now the paradox that we find ourselves in where you want consistency, but you also just lost to Argentina. So what overrides what? Do you have to ring the changes or do you ride and die? Because they ride and they have di- they are dying with Ian Foster at New Zealand Rugby. And that's a whole other conversation we'll tackle on Monday if we need to go there. 19 away from 7. 0800-150-811. No quiz today. No Kieran today. So the quiz, it's hard. <laughs> the quiz is hard today because there's no oh, Kieran. Where's the quiz gone? <laughs> the, we've got, what are we? Thursday. Only today and tomorrow to get in the draw with yep. Willamette Travel to go to the Gold Coast 500. So, Simon, call and I'll get you in the quiz. We want new callers. We want as many callers as possible. So, 0800 150 811 because Monday we are drawing it out and we want as many as possible in the draw, Louis. We want everybody a chance, but you got to win the quiz first. 0800 150 811. Give us a call. Come see the quiz master. Questions on your radio, giving you the chance to head to the Gold Coast. Five questions for the win. Supercars on the line. Oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven. You're mine. It's Quizzy Dag, give it a go. It's Quizzy Dag, now don't you choke. It's Quizzy Dag, who knows the most. It's Quizzy Dag, we're going to the go-go. Wow, I know someone that would love the Gold Coast and a chance to get his kid off. And flaunt it all is Mark the Rig Hulk from Tauranga. Morning, Marky. Good morning, lads. I have no idea what to say. You're all full of shit. There you go. You're all full of shit. Marky Mark, mate. Oi, if I was, honestly, if I had abs, honestly, this is probably why I shouldn't have abs. If I had abs, though, I wouldn't wear a shirt all day. Straight up. Straight <laughs> up. Where was my invite for a beer, though, Kimpy? No, <laughs> mate, I couldn't. I wouldn't have got you in. Too I, I, didn't, I didn't have enough room for all the girls that were running behind you, mate. Following you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're a funny man, Marky. Keep it up. We're only envious, mate. We're envious. Here we go. Question number one: Who leads the IndyCar series? Uh, I'm not sure. Is there a clue? Oh, uh, will he need the power? <laughs> Uh, Willpower. <laughs> oh, hey, Baz. How you going, Baz? <laughs> yeah, thanks for that one. That was pretty good. <laughs> that was a good one. Question number two. Who is the reigning US Open men's champion? Tennis. Uh, 
Daniel Medvedev. Daniel Medvedev is correct. Question number three. How many father-son duos have played in the same first-class rugby game in New Zealand after Stan Wright Sr. and Jr. did it for Wairapa Bush on Saturday? Hell. Jeepers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, 17. No, it's not 17, Mark. The rig. Sorry, brother. Have a good day, mate. <laughs> Here he is. Simon! Here he is, Simon! Your chance, buddy! Here we go, Sight. Good luck! It's an easy, easy one, over. Here we go. <laughs> oh, this ain't easy. <laughs> How many father oh, son no. duos have played? Okay, you got it? What is it? No, I don't, I've got no idea. Have I got a clue? Uh, top five. Top five, did you say? Yeah. Um... I'll just go four. Ooh, four is incorrect. Sorry, Simon. Have a good day, mate. Appreciate your call. Jade Hamilton, morning. How are we? Good. How many father-son duos that played in the same first-class rugby game? It wasn't four. Top five. We'll go five, mate. Yeah. Good option. Well done. Question number four. What year did Sean Johnson make his first grade debut with the Warriors? Uh, 2011. 2011 is correct. Question number five to go on the draw. Where do Argentina sit in the world rugby rankings? Oh, I couldn't get a clue, could I? Nah. Five, four, <laughs> three, two, one. <laughs> No! Sorry, brother. Have a good day. Tony, Auckland, morning. How you going, boys? Yeah, mate, good. What did Argentina sit in the World Rugby Rankings? What number? Well, I'm not, Goog- I'm not Googling anything, so I'll have a guess. Uh, New Zealand. Uh, go fourth. Fourth. No! Not fourth, mate, and I appreciate your honesty, Tony, from Auckland. You're a champion, mate. Richie! Upper hut, morning. Morning, is he? He won't Google. <laughs> I think I saw it as seven. Seven is correct. Richie from Upper Hut coming in late. Appreciate it. Well done, mate. And just quickly, all those people texting in for the Field of Dreams, love it. But come and give Quizzy a dad go too. Yeah, that's right. You've got one more day to go in the drawer to go to the Boost Mobile Gold Coast 500 with Willamette Travel. Richie's in the drawer. He's also got himself a $50 TAB voucher. Well done, Rich. We'll catch up with you again on Quizzy Dag, I'm sure. Chris says, Izzy, just remember, happy wife, happy life. So change your wardrobe. Um, I'm not so sure. I reckon you just just stay in your Crusaders trackies, mate, and you'll be sweet. Seven away (laughs) from seven. We're talking AFL with... Aussie Rules, great. Tim Watson up after 7 o'clock. Very excited for that. He's hosted the SEN Breakfast Show with uh, Gary Lyon over there as well. So excited to catch up with Tim. And we'll get to your texts after this to round out there. Right, we're coming up to 7am. Good morning, lads. I think there needs to park the consistency at the moment and mix it up a bit to have a go at playing the players at their best positions because it's not working. Win a couple of games, then talk about consistency. All the best, Steve-o. Yeah, steve I see where you are coming from there. Uh, Kempe, the football's on. Well, Andy Murray's just starting to pull away from his second-round matchup against Nava, and the football is on. The Premier League, Tottenham, West Ham, 
locked at nil Arsenal, Villa locked at nil Wolves, Bournemouth locked at nil But you've seen a pretty impressive goal by the big boy from Man City. Haaland. Haaland, is he? He's on mm. fire, mate. I'll tell you what, the effort he puts in on the football field, you'd be happy if you're the coach. Man, he's mm. going left, right, all over the place. He's, and he's just about got his third. He just set it up. He's a legend. They've just scored a third. <laughs> They've just scored a third. Oh, he is. Mate, honestly, they'll be Offside. happy with that decision to spend all that cash on Harlan. He is coming up trumps. Anyway, after 7 o'clock, we're going to talk to Tim Watson, AFL Finals. Remember last year we spoke to Max Gorn, the big man for the Melbourne Demons, as they went on to win the Grand Championship. Well, they got a game on this weekend too. They're taking on the Swans. Tim Watson coming up. Here's the news for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. Good morning, Izzy and Kempe. Breakfast on SENZ Thursday, the 1st of September, the 1st of the month. Breeding season for our wonderful stallions and Cinerama. Hopefully, hopefully going to produce a Cox Plate winner alongside Pango. Oh. I think I've jinxed it. Shut up, Israel. Don't jinx it. Touch wood. Here we go. Yes. Big show ahead. We've had a good hour. Last hour. Remember, Quizzy Dag. Quizzy Dag. The draw is going to take place on Monday. Giving someone. Well, someone's going to go to Gold Coast, courtesy of Willamette Travel, on Monday. You won't leave on Monday, but we'll know who's going to go. And, well, you better got to win. you got to win Quizzy Dag. And you go in the draw. To head along. Richie from Upper Heart, he's back in the draw again. We want as many people as possible to head over. Well, we're going to talk some AFL because yesterday we spoke a little bit about AFL. Louis plays it. He well, has a little dabble in the game of AFL Aussie rules. Well, we spoke about it a wee bit. And what timing because the AFL finals are here tonight. It's Brisbane versus Richmond who have... First crack at finals footy for the season, and our colleagues over the ditch in Australia will be so G'd up for this. We can't even really imagine to talk us through the season to date, upcoming final series, and who is favourite to win the coveted flag in 2022. We have host of SCNZ Breakfast in Melbourne. He's a legend of the game himself, playing more than 300 times for the Essendon Bombers in his glory days. It's a big good morning to Tim Watson. G'day, Tim. Thanks so much for joining us, mate. Good morning. It's a pleasure to join you. I'm surprised that you don't speak more often about the AFL, to be quite honest. It's the greatest <laughs> game in the world. Well, we spoke about it once last year, and that was the grand final, <laughs> and we had the one and only Max Gorn on our show, and they went on to win it, mate. But finals fever, it's here. Yeah. Melbourne it City. Is, it is. Big Max, uh, Big Max Eagle. I didn't realise that he was a Kiwi. I, I thought he was a Viking Max. He looks more like a Viking than a Kiwi. <laughs> he? he does, doesn't he? He's a beautiful man. Watching, but I've no, yes. Watching... <laughs> I've been watching the Vikings. He'd be perfect as uh, one of the uh, the Viking gods said. Um, now this is the, the finals. We've actually had a break, so we had our home and away series, and then we had uh, a pause, and then we get back into it tonight. So. The Lions up against the Tigers. Uh, the Tigers are probably the most exciting team going around. Uh, they, they won um, three flags almost in a row, so they were one of the great teams of the last five to ten years. They took a while to get it together this year, but they've started to steam home again. So 
they're very much in the frame, although they're one of the bottom four teams. So this is a knockout game tonight. If the, whoever loses this game tonight is out of the finals competition. Hey, Tim Geelong, every, every pundit's picking them to, to get back to mm. putting that trophy in their cabinet. Do you, do you see it that way? They're going to be hard to beat, yeah. Uh, the, all the statistics point that way. They don't have a weakness. Uh, they're fit and healthy. All their better players are going to be on the park this weekend. They do come up against Collingwood, though. I don't know if you know too much about Collingwood, but they've been the surprise packet of the season this year. They've played in, I think it's 11 games that have been decided by 10 points or less, and they've won them all this year. So they've sort of become, the, even though they were like the most hated team in the competition, they've become sort of everybody's second favourite team this year because of the way they play. They've shown enormous heart this year. So they, they're not going to be an easy team for Geelong to get over, but I'd expect that they would beat them on Saturday. There's going to be, uh, yeah. that's a sellout game at the MCG, so they're talking about over 90,000 people will be at that game on Saturday. Wow. We've got another sellout crowd at the Gabba tonight up in Brisbane, so that's about, wow. I think that holds about 50,000. Then there's a game tomorrow night at the MCG between Melbourne and the Swans. And they're predicting about 85,000 for that game. And then the game over in Perth uh, on Saturday, later on Saturday night to sell out too. And I think that holds about 60,000. So it's going to be a massive first weekend of finals. Oh, huge. And you spoke about Collingwood. Collingwood Magpies, probably debatable, but the most famous AFL uh, team in the AFL of a name that I really recognise when it's spoken about anyway. But one of the other games, Richmond, I was reading some news on um, Dusty Martin, not ideal situation what he's had to face, but for him, mate, what's what's he looking, is he going to leave Richmond? Is he going to head out um, back to Sydney? Well, that's, the speculation is that he he, uh, took time away from the game this year. He was dealing with the death of his father and some other personal issues this year. Then he suffered a couple of injuries, so we haven't seen a lot of him on the park this year. He is a very, very shy, private, quiet bloke who shuns any form of publicity. Uh, I think he likes the idea of getting out of the fishbowl that is Melbourne and going somewhere else where it's a little bit quieter. So I don't know. I mean, Richmond, their coach said a curious thing earlier this year when it was raised. He said, look, you know, Dusty's done so much for this club, we wouldn't stand in his way. So it sort of put, it sort of led everyone down the path to believe that it is possible that they do a deal somewhere else. But I don't know who can afford him, other than um, one of the Melbourne-based teams. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure where he'll end up. He may even retire. He's one of those guys who could just walk away from the game. Jeez, let's hope that doesn't happen. Hey, am I right to say, Tim, that uh, the winner comes from the top four? They haven't had a winner out of the bottom four in the in the AFL Grand Final. You're almost right. I think there's only two teams in 100 years that have actually been able to do that and win from the bottom half of the finals draw. So it is it is really, really difficult to do that. Although one of those teams that you could never bet against is the Western Bulldogs. Back in 2016, they won four games, including the grand final. So they went on the road. They had to go and play in Perth, which they have to do again this year against Fremantle. And then they didn't play in Melbourne again until grand final day. They've got this really imaginative, creative coach in Luke Beveridge who just seems to be able to draw the most out of the players at the most important time of the year. Hey, uh, we've got a question for you, Tim, on our, on our text machine. It says, hey, lads, can you please ask Tim if he thinks West Coast, the West Coast Eagles will get a new coach after the dismal season? 
No, they've backed their coach to the hilt. He's a premiership coach over there. So they've stated that they'll keep him. Um, and I believe that they will. Sometimes, you know, uh, the truth uh, is the first, often the first victim of uh, team sports. We know that. But when a club comes out yeah. and says they'll back their coach, that's when you start to scramble. But I do believe that he'll stay over there. Essendon is still looking for a coach. They sacked their coach a couple of weeks ago, and his name was raised, uh, Adam Simpson. Sorry, are we? Am I recruiting? Are, are you? Are you on the recruitment path? Are you? <laughs> for a, yeah, we are. We are on the recruitment path for a coach. Anyone interested over there? Can you throw up a couple of names for us? We don't mind taking something from left field. There might be one Jordy on the market Barrett. next week. <laughs> hey, hey, Tim. Yeah, the three, you know the three. You know the three certainties in life, don't you? Let us know. Death, death, taxes, and if you coach, you'll get the sack one day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Been, been there, done that. Hey, anyway, let's let's talk about the Brownlow Medal favourites. Who you got? Have you got uh, Lockie Neal? Do you think he's he's going to he's going to win it, or have you got someone else coming in over the top of him? Yeah, no, he's had a great year. He has won one before, and uh, generally it's a midfielder, one of the guys that's under the uh, constant eye of the umpire. So he's very much in the frame. Uh, Clayton Oliver is probably my tip. He's a Melbourne midfielder. And he's one of the great accumulators of possession too. But he's got uh, he's got great skill. He's had another great season. So I think it's probably one of those two guys. Tuke Miller is another player that Gold Coast Suns has had a great year. But um, uh, it, it generally goes to one of those midfielders. Mm, all right, a question for you: Do the Victorians absolutely hate it? when interstate teams are really good and they come in uh, in their own backyard and, and get the job done, like Sydney Swans, a uh, genuine chance to get the job done this this week, uh, this this competition. Do the Victorians hate it? Well, they do if it's a WA team or a South Australian team, but because the Sydney Swans were South Melbourne, so they, they originally played yeah. here in Melbourne and then they shifted to Sydney, so they actually have a lot of fans here in Melbourne, so they're not the... They're not the best example, but if it, if it was the West Coast or Fremantle or the Adelaide Crows or Port Adelaide, yes, definitely. They would hate the idea of them coming to Melbourne and winning the flag. Hey, Tim, tell us about Hutchie, mate. Like, when he comes into the finals there, what's, what's, he, what's he got on? Who's he riding home in the final series, do you know? <laughs> Who would know? <laughs> um, he, he, well, he's, he's pretty good at it. He came I here. think it would just be the good odds. <laughs> he came down here and he and he rode the Otago Nuggets home, mate, and got them home down here. We want to know who he's riding home down uh, over there because we all want to get on. Oh, okay. See, so we think the opposite, my mate and I, that are on air in the morning. We think he's the death wish. So um, I, I saw it. I saw it. I saw him yesterday. He just got back from New York. He, he could hardly keep his eyes open yesterday. So I'm not sure he's going to be riding anyone this weekend because. I'm not sure he even knows the finals are on this weekend. <laughs> hey Tim, um, look, Izzy and Kempe here. They they won't know this, but there's like there is a clip on the internet that they reckon Hutchie's kicked the greatest goal of all time. How long ago was that, <laughs> and what game was it? In? Could you just fill the boys in? Because I, I bet you they won't believe it. I'll show it to them, but you paint us the picture. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's a game, a charity game down here that is called the uh, the Ted Whitten game. And so there's sort of like old players play and they threw some celebrities and he was on the footy show at, the, at that time and they threw him in there. He actually played in the country. So he was, a, he was an okay footballer. He never played at the highest level, but um, he just kicked this uh, amazing goal. 
Uh, it's strange. That photo is up all over the place here at the studios. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, yeah, you can't walk a corridor without seeing it. <laughs> it's true. Oh, crap. It's true. It's framed oh, huge yep. hanging in the hallway. <laughs> you have to show me. Yes, it's Javier, the big man. You won't believe it. Those legs you won't up believe it. And kicking it. You won't oh, believe it, Tim. <laughs> oh man, I can't wait to see the photo. Quickly, before we let you go, Tim, uh, finals. Where does it go? Who's going to be there come the end of it? In your eyes? Well, I think um, Melbourne's on one side of the draw. Uh, they, they're the team that won the flag last year. Uh, Geelong are on the other side of the draw. So they both play. Uh, Sydney, Melbourne play Sydney, Geelong play Collingwood. So I'd expect that both those teams win this weekend, which means they go both through to the prelim finals. And I think it'll be a Melbourne-Geelong grand final, which would be an unbelievable result if that was the case because there's not a lot between these two teams. Melbourne won the flag last year, but they won it over in Perth because of COVID, so we couldn't have the finals here last year. They're desperate to win it in front of their own fans at their home ground, which is the MCG. So it would be a fantastic spectacle. Oh, beautiful. Get up, the demons and Max Gordon. Hey, uh, quickly, before I let you go, I've actually got a signed Carlton singlet. My auntie's a, a Carlton fan over in Australia. She got me one. I think it's Judd, the big name there. He was uh, obviously a phenomenal yep. player back in the day. How are they going? Where's Carlton? Um, they just got tipped out of the finals in the last round. So they they were actually in the top eight for the whole year until the last minute and 10 seconds of the season and Collingwood oh. came over the top of them and beat them. So uh, that was one of the hard luck stories of the season. But they, they, they've, oh. they've got a good coach. They've got a good team. They'll be back next year. That, that yeah, singlet, by the way, is worthless. Yeah. <laughs> is that? <laughs> well, I thought it was worth lots. I was going to try and put it on today, but it's way too small for my big puku. Anyway, Tim, we appreciate you coming on, mate, and just shedding some light on the AFL. It's a big couple of weeks for you and the team, but thanks so much for getting up early and giving us your time. Tim Watson, thank you very much, mate. Great talking to you. Have a great day. There he is. Oh, what a crack up. What very a good. Good man. What about the crowds? Yeah, honestly, they they just love it. Love it. Passionate supporters here, Kempe. Like 85,000, and then a day later, a whole set of new fans go along at 90,000. Yeah. (laughs) Just out of nowhere. (laughs) Mate, it is crazy. I've been over there when there's been a few games on. I've been to a few games, AFL and Melbourne, and seriously, Melbourne just changes colour overnight, you know, with all the different jerseys that are walking around and on the – on the trams and the, the city goes off, mate. Because the best thing about Melbourne is that a lot of the stadiums are within walking distance. So there's yeah. crowds of people walking everywhere, you know. It's um, yeah, it's all, phenomenal. All head down from Federal Square there over the walk down the bridge to the G and it just it pumps. Um, yeah, no, look, if you haven't gone to an AFL game in Melbourne at the G, the MCG, put it on your bucket list. You've got to do it because it, it really is incredible. And I'm just about to post that goal. Hutchie kicked the greatest goal of all time on our Twitter page. <laughs> go have a look. You won't believe it. It's actually so, so good. <laughs> oh, I'm going to go have a look. I'm definitely going to go have a look. Quickly, Louis, because you've played a bit of AFL. I, I understand most of the rules, but I don't understand the contact area. Like the contact here around the ruck, like it's it's a scruffle and I don't really understand what's going on there. Are you able to shed some light on or just give us a little understanding of what happens around the ruck? Very, like when, are they allowed to tackle? So or, very quickly, you can't tackle pretty much the only 
place you can tackle. So it's all about the game of AFL is all about you mean to keep the ball moving. That's why it's such a good game. The ref- umpires don't get involved. The ball is always moving. So you can only really tackle between the shoulders and the knees. You can't tackle around the legs. Like you can't because it's all kicking base. So you can't go and take yeah. take people's legs. And anything over your shoulder is given a free kick straight away for high contact. So essentially, yeah. that's why when you see those ball ups, those well, where where the contest is, the, they call it the guys they go in, and the, the best players in footy are the guys that stick their head over the ball because once your head's over the ball, you're protected straight away because if you cop a knee, which a lot of them do, you win a free kick, but then you win your team position. So you get the pill and you, you get a disposal, you get a clearance, and then the ball's gone, kick to kick. But essentially it is shoulder to knee. You can't tackle in the back, so you can't hit someone right from behind. You have to get, because again, you want the ball. The whole idea, the whole game, all of the rules are games so the ball keeps moving. So that means they are get... You allowed, are you allowed a shepherd contact though, aren't you? So you're allowed to... You don't have to use arms in the tackle. So that's the, the main thing. You don't actually... The contact can be more brutal. If you've got your eyes on where the ball is, you can then shepherd. So you can put a check on somebody trying to get mm. to the ball and put your arms up, put a shepherd on like that. So like your arms wide or put a bump on to get your player clear. And once he's clear of the contest, then he can hit a target and then he can hit a target, and then you can be taking a set shot at goal, and look, that's the idea of the game. Very well explained, Louis. That was awesome. 101. <laughs> <Is> he- <laughs> that is not Hutchie. That is not Hutchie. What the heck? That was a banana kick through the post. No. He's faked the guy out on the mark, and then he's hit a check side banana off the outside Ooh. of his right foot and bent it back in from, what, 35? That is some Form, technique, Hutchie, take a bow. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, I'm going to retweet that. <laughs> greatest, greatest goal of all time. 21 minutes past 7 o'clock. There you go. That was Tim Watson. He's a Bombers legend. He's an AFL legend. He coached as well. Uh, he, he's seen it all. He's on the SEN Breakfast Show. You can go and listen to their content. Waitley as well. Kane Corns, all of the best AFL footy minds. David King on the SEN network and the SENZ app. Head along if you uh, want to find out some good oil before the AFL finals kickoff or ball up tonight even. Uh, Lions, Richmond, and I'm tipping Richmond there. Hands and heels. Here with Kempis Warehouse, great savings every day. Kempis off the back fence after this. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Well, yesterday after my chat with Cam George, it got me thinking. We're just seven weeks out from the start of the Rugby League World Cup, but you wouldn't really know that. It was that close. We have arguably one of the greatest Kiwi teams ever ever assembled this year heading up to the UK to represent Aotearoa, yet we have seen little promotional marketing. Given our Kiwi team should be in the top two favourites to win the World Cup, one might think that there should have been at least a moderate song and dance about potentially bringing the Cup back to New Zealand. It would be amazing to bring that Cup home just like we did in 2008. Sadly, I'm not all that surprised at the lack of information being shared about the World Cup. Sharing isn't something the NZRL do all that well. So let's look at some examples. How about Madge Maguire sharing with the world that Stacey Jones should be the next Kiwi coach? I can't believe that no one in the NZRL has already declared that a fait complete. Or what about sharing some of that much-needed funding with the local game? Sharing is caring, isn't it, Izzy? 
And finally, how about sharing some decision-making with the people who run the game instead of giving yourself an honorarium or a bigger salary? Maybe even sharing some spending to let us know about the World Cup and celebrate this momentous occasion. Sharing is caring. At the end of the day, if the NZ Hour won't share or declare that Stacey Jones is the next Kiwi coach, then I will. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Seven weeks, Kempy. Seven weeks. Seven weeks, mate. Not haven't even heard one bit about it, to be honest, mate. Mate, Oh, Or no old footage. No old old footage of 2008, mate. That was a fantastic journey. That was a fantastic journey to bring that cup back to New Zealand. So, mate, I reckon, seriously, Izzy, I reckon we're favourites. Oh, 100%. Mate, honestly, after that performance against Tonga, Oh, I totally agree with you. I think we are dead favourites to go over there and, and get the job done. But I can't believe there hasn't been, wow, anything really spoken. I haven't seen it on anywhere. I think Spark Sport have got the, the rights for that World Cup. Um, I don't have Spark, so it's probably why I haven't seen it. But, um, yeah, no, interesting. Who, who, interesting. Who, who but here know? you go. That's, 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 that's an opportunity for us that's here right. on our breakfast show to, to pump it up, promote it. And and really get everyone excited for for what's coming up because you did right, Kimpy. This is a genuine chance to head to the UK and get the job done with the squad, the spine that we've assembled. Oh man, it excites me. It excites me. That 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 um <sighs> Brown. What's his last name? First name Brown. Corey Brown. Oh, the Dylan, Dylan Brown for Paramount. Dylan Brown. Dylan Brown. Mate, he is class. Oh, he yeah. is class. Eh? What a spine. Ooh. Yeah, what a spine. No, no, standoff from Northland. Good pedigree. Mm. Half past seven this morning. Uh, we've got heaps of sports updates to give you around the US Open and the EPL up after this. Do you agree with Kimpy? Are the Kiwis prohibited favourites for the Rugby League World Cup? Um, come through on double eight, double three. We're also going to talk some All Blacks moving forward. Happy first of spring, breeding day. The breeding barns around the country are on fire. We've just had some uh, footage and well, we've had some pictures come, sent through from Sammy Williams at Little Avondale. Stud Per and Canto's been into his work nice and early, and he is <laughs> loving it this morning. So good on you if you are around the breeding barns today, first of spring. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. 27 away from 8am this morning. Great to have your company, Izzy and Kempi, for breakfast. Uh, Tim Watson, another SCN identity, legendary footy player for the Essendon Bombers. He joined the show just after 7 o'clock. You can go to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, our podcast channels, if you want to have all the gossip on the AFL before finals start tonight. We've also shared the greatest goal of all time, Craig Hutchison, in the charity match. It's on Izzy and Kempi's Twitter page. Go and have a look at it. You literally have to see it to believe it. Right, Gullah's fueling your mission all year round. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Visit gull.nz. Uh, Madison Keys is in a little bit of a battle at the US Open. She is currently one set apiece with Giorgi from Italy, and Giorgi's up on her break in the third set. Tottenham West Ham, Tottenham leads 1-0 in that EPL fixture. Man City is cruising 3-0. Eric Haaland, oh, what a freak he is. 3-0 against Nottingham Forest just after second half. Arsenal 1-0 up over Villa. Bournemouth Wolves locked at 0-0. So is Liverpool, Newcastle, 34 minutes through. Last night, well, Canterbury, I think, stamped their favouritism for MPC at Orange Theory Stadium down there. Nani Punavai, so good to see him back. And they beat North Harbour 35 
22. He's a bloke who's had long COVID, is he? Huge talent, the Punivai boys. I remember them playing for Christ College, and uh, I'm so glad to see him back on the field because uh, that would have been a torrid time. We've all had COVID, and it hit us in different ways, but to have your career derailed, it must have sucked. Yeah, he popped over a couple of weeks ago, actually. He was getting a massage out the back here with Mandy and um, had a wee chat to him. Yeah, it really rocked him, eh? The long COVID, and he was struggling. And the thing he just was struggling with is he couldn't run, you know? Like, just fitness was, was lacking. So it took him a long time to really get back. And it, it, it just puts it into into perspective how um, how tough it can be on people. I've heard lots of stories of the long COVID, so you've got to take it easy. But great to see him out there last night got that really good try what a finish from him he was playing on the left wing and and scored that uh beautiful try so he's back and um yeah we'll try and get him on the show but you did right the the canterbury side are looking good another one for daggy another loss for kempi <laughs> and you need a mate don't worry about that they were good defensively eh? they were great eh? yeah yeah you can have that you one like that? you can have that one just talk to me at the eh? end of the weekend hey uh, also <laughs> I, did, I didn't mention just around stacy um, in his last game this weekend, I hope they can get the Titans. But they also got the reunion of the the twenty year reunion of the the team that went to the two thousand and two grand final uh, at the game this week. So all the boys are coming back. Got a few coming over. And tomorrow morning we're going to get the manager of that team, Paul Donkin, on is he at eight o'clock? Yes. Hard case, dude, nice. man. He's a really good um, good chat, good bloke, and he'll uh, I'm sure he'll have a few stories to tell, but. Thought we'd just get him on and talk about those days back in in the early 2000s when we went on that run, um, those glory years from 2000 to 2003. Um, so spoke spoke to him last night. Expect him in tomorrow morning about eight o'clock. Oh, how Beautiful. good! That's nice, that's awesome, and it'll be great to because remember when Izzy actually it wasn't that long ago the All Blacks had their old boys situation going on, and you were saying you wish that that was something league did better. I got a I got a call from Jerry Susu just out of the blue saying, "Hey Kempe, we're having a twenty year re, twenty year reunion of our team," and I was like, "Mailhead had no idea," and he said, "Yeah, you know, um, mm-hmm. Donk and, and Ando are coming back, so you got Daniel Anderson coming back too." Um, Along with all the Aussie boys, you know, Clinton Tupi's flying back over from the Gold Coast. Uh, so, be a good turnout. Uh, they've got a, like a game of golf organised and a, a couple of couple of beers and a game of pool or something like that. Um, so, yeah, you're going to catch up with the boys tomorrow afternoon. And, um, yeah, it should be good to see them all there being celebrated on Saturday for that. that geez, 20 years ago, mate. Who would have thought? 20 years ago. Just 20 like that. 20 years ago, Kempe. Mate, honestly, it's, uh, I remember watching that t- 2002 final and the cinemas at Waipakaro there in Hawke's Bay and been so deflated. But, uh, mate, honestly, uh, it's, you, you'll love that. You'll have the weekend of your life and oh, I'll, I'll turn my phone on silent because I'm expecting about 300 <laughs> calls from you, Kempe. <laughs> Cut it out, mate. No, I've got to work. I've got to work, Sad, though. SCNZ are calling it um, from Mount Smart oh, with me and, me and Young Rab. So... Hey, um, but you work your best when you're on edge. It's all right. You'll be yeah. Hey, don't <laughs> true, true professional. What about the on, is he? What, about, what about the warm up, mate? Kimpy's yeah. in the last hour of the good oil. We're live from Mount Smart. We've got Blake Ashford, Clayto, and myself for the good oil one to four, uh, four, and then we've got Kimpy four to five leading us have into. You, have you got something for us, Louis? Oh, got I've got a best bet. Yeah, you're right. Oh, Actually. come on then, come on then, mate. Just should I do it now or shall I just right wait? Nah. Oh, actually, what? Well, tell me off here and I'll get on and then tell him. <laughs> <laughs> you can find out with the rest of everybody else, but we'll do it a little bit later. All right? We'll just make sure we've got Love Racing. That is coming up a little bit later. We'll just 
I do have a best bet today, and, and if you were listening yesterday, well, I was two from two with my best, and the other one missed, but the radar is just finding itself for spring. After this, we're going to change tack completely. Actually, we're going to change gear completely. We're going to talk to Nick Yeoman. He is a race caller for IndyCar Radio over there in Indianapolis. And Scott Dixon and Scotty McLaughlin, a couple of Kiwi motorsport and well, actually just Kiwi legends, are over there and they've got a chance to win it all. They're both tied into a title race with, I think, about four other drivers. And we're going to talk to Nick Yeoman about that. It's not something we know a hell of a lot about, but IndyCar is massive and we've got to pump up and champion our champions. So we'll do that after this on SCNZ. 16 away from 8, and we have champions all around the world, Kempe, we need to keep in touch with. Yeah, there's been plenty to smile about for motorsports fans here in Aotearoa with our Kiwis flying the flag proudly overseas. Scott Dixon and Scott McLaughlin have been leading the way in IndyCar with nine podium finishes. How good between the two of them this season. All eyes will be on the penultimate race of the year in Portland. That's a great spot as seven drivers have a shot at the title, including the two Kiwis. Nick Yeoman is a a race caller on IndyCar Radio, and he's been kind enough to join us this morning. Hey, Nick, thanks for joining us, mate. How are you this morning? Oh, good morning, guys. It's good to talk to you. Yeah, we have a uh, just a fantastic IndyCar championship kind of winding down, and, and you kind of hit on it. A lot of drivers still alive with two races to go, including the two Kiwis. So we're all pretty excited uh, to head to Portland and, and see this race. Has this been the most exciting title race in recent memory? Yeah, I think it has. I mean, IndyCar is pretty lucky in, in the way it's set up. Almost all of our championships every year come down to the wire with uh, with a couple drivers with a chance, but this one is so wide open. I mean, there are four drivers separated by just 17 points. And for those that maybe don't follow the IndyCar championship, that is just such a slim margin. Uh, But to also have a guy like Scott McLaughlin, who is alive with an outside chance, 54 points back. uh, Yeah, it's it's been impressive. I mean, all season long, we've been waiting for one driver to step up and kind of grab hold of this championship and say, hey, it's going to be mine. You're going to have to take it from me. And we're still waiting with two races to go, and, and I'm not sure you could label a favorite. So, yeah, because of that, I think it's very easy to say that this has probably been uh, the most impressive and, and exciting championship that I've covered in, in my 12 years with IndyCar. It's been fantastic. We want to talk Scott McLaughlin and the enormity of what he's been able to do in his second season in the IndyCars. He's, uh, he's won three times this year, but he's also he's pushing for a championship, mate. Like, Can you just tell us how... How good is this from Scott McLaughlin to come from V8 supercars into Indy cars and transition so easily? Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, for for those that know motorsports, they, they'll be able to tell you that transitioning from the supercars to Indy cars, it, it's it's apples and oranges. I mean, there is completely mm. different skill sets. I mean, you see like a guy like like Jimmy Johnson who came over from from the NASCAR side, and he has struggled so much. So it is not easy to jump behind the wheel of an Indy car. You know, Scott did a ton of learning in his first year. Obviously, aided he joined the best team in the sport with Team Penske. But, you know, his rookie year, there was a lot of learning to do and, and really not a whole lot to show for it in terms of results. And I think a lot of us within the IndyCar sport looked at it and said, all right, in year two, Scott's going to have to produce to, to really tell people that he deserves that Team Penske ride. And boy, he has done exactly that. I mean, just a methodical, smart race car driver. Mm-hmm. I think the thing that impresses me most about Scott McLaughlin is he always has a great attitude. I never see him get discouraged. I yeah. never see him down. <laughs> and the way that he has uh, has really 
taken a monster step from year one to year two uh, to, to become a guy that was maybe mid-pack last year and now a race winner and a guy who is right there in the championship contention. Uh, I can't wait to see the type of jumps that he can make in year three, year four. I think it's going to be very similar to what you guys saw when he was racing in the Supercar Series, which was one of the absolute best in the sport. He's a character, isn't he? He's out there getting the job done. He does a shoey. He does a shoey. Was that received really well? <laughs> yeah, for sure. For, and, and when he won his first race at the beginning of, of the season at St. Petersburg, he jumped out of his car and tried to kind of jump in the air and celebrate, but he didn't stick the landing. And he did a somersault, and I think he was embarrassed, but he's such a good sport. He played it off, and, and everybody made the, the internet memes and had fun with it. But uh, he's been a great addition to the sport. I don't know if you guys have seen the videos that he's done with his teammate, American Joseph Newgarden, the Bus Bros series. Those guys show a ton of character. And, and yeah, I think everyone who loves IndyCar has, has been really excited about what Scott McLaughlin has brought to the table, both on the track and certainly the personality off of it. Well, he's another Kiwi there, Scotty Dixon. What do you think Chip Ganassi will be telling Alex Palou to help his teammate out? Do you reckon he'll be gunning for that title, letting him know that, let Scotty take it, mate? Come on. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I don't know if you guys have followed the story with Alex Palou, but there is not a lot of uh, of love loss right now between him and his, his uh, team owner, Chip Ganassi. I mean, they're suing each other, and Alex wants to leave and go race for McLaren, and, and Chip wants to keep him there. So it's kind of been a mess. But you're right, they're, you know, kind of forgotten about is one of the all-time greats and Scott Dixon, a fellow Kiwi who is uh, is right there in position to possibly win a seventh championship, which is just unheard of in this sport. And, and, and Dixie's a guy who you just don't want to give him life. Like, he's kind of hung around sixth or seventh in the points all season long, and then here in the last three or four races he's gotten hot. And I think he's kind of like the bogeyman because if you're Will Power or Joseph Newgarden or Scott McLaughlin and you're trying to win this championship, the last thing you want to do is look underneath your bed and there's Scott Dixon with those eyes ready to steal the championship. <laughs> so he is right in position. I'm not sure Alex Pillow is going to help him much, but uh, Scotty Dixon's great enough that he can go win it on his own, no doubt. Well, he's been there come the finals. He knows what it takes, that expectation, that pressure. So if he's going to get the shot done, what – does he need a, he need a lot of luck, eh? We want our Kiwis to be there at the end of it to win the title. So Scott McLaughlin and Scott Dixon, if they're going to get the job done, what, are the, what needs to happen come race day? Well, well, we'll start with Scott McLaughlin. I think he's probably the longer shot because he's 54 points back. And, and there's, I, mm. I think really I look at the championship and I think there's four drivers, Will Power, Joseph Newgarden, Scott Dixon, and Marcus Erickson, who probably have the best shot. For McLaughlin to win the championship, he probably needs all four of those guys to stumble in either the race this weekend at Portland or the finale at, uh, at Laguna Seca. I don't think all four of those guys are going to stumble. I think at least three of them are going to have two good results. So uh, it's going to be a, a long shot for Scott McLaughlin. So he probably needs to go out there and win both races to give himself a chance. For Scott Dixon, he's just 14 points back. He is absolutely in it. And uh, for this race at, at Portland, it's going to be surviving the first uh, the first lap. There is a, an extremely tight right-hand corner. It's about 180 degrees. It's completely flat. And when we release the cars down the front straightaway, it's a miracle if we can get them all through turn number one. So for Scott Dixon, I think he needs to qualify. 
And, uh, and ultimately for both of those guys, the Kiwis, you got to make it through turn one at Portland. And that has been very difficult over the years for everybody. Well, put your money on one and two, Nick, because that's how they're going to finish the Kiwi boys. They're going to take out. The I first like and... it. I like it. Chewies <laughs> all around. Hey, uh, just a quick one before we let you go, man. I'm a mad car. I'm a mad car enthusiast. When, when you put Chevy and Honda together, it's Chevy for me all day, but who wins the manufacturer of the year? Yeah, I mean, it's been a good championship all year long. I think Chevy's got the nod uh, really based on the fact that they've been aligned with Team Penske and and all three of those Team Penske drivers, McLaughlin, Newgarden, and Power, have racked up a lot of race wins, a lot of top fives. So uh, I think the manufacturer title, I don't think it's been completely decided, but last I checked, I think this one's definitely going to Chevrolet. Hey, thanks a lot for joining us this morning, Nick. This is Nick Yeoman out of the the. The Scott Dixon and the and the McLaughlin camp. He knows they're going to win one and two this weekend. Thanks, mate. Thanks for joining us on the Izzy Kepi for breakfast here at SENZ. Good chatting to you. Awesome. Awesome, guys. Have a great morning. Appreciate it. There we go. Thank Nick Yeoman. Pretty good. We're very, uh, it's a different... very one-eyed over here, eh? I'll tell... <laughs> That's what we want. <laughs> i tell you what. It's a different world, is he? It's a different world, those guys living in up there, driving those cars. Yeah. Imagine a McLaughlin coming out of his car, jumping into um, those those Indy cars, and he's saying, like, I mean, it's never done before. Yeah, he's a freak. Mm. He's an absolute freak. They all know he's a freak, and uh, he's one of the absolute greatest. He dominated the supercars. Now Shane Van Gisburg is dominating the supercars, but he's up there. And Scott McLaughlin, uh, Scott Dixon, don't forget about him, one of the greats of the sport. Izzy is going to give us a bomb squad clinic after this. SENZ, we are eight away from eight. Get our tyre phone line. Got it away to Dan. Two Izzy's Bomb Squad. 11.30am, the All Blacks will name their side to take on Argentina in what has become probably the most anticipated team naming for some time. Will the All Blacks make the hard calls and add some much-needed mongrel? Or will this team that is, trust me when I say this, showing so much loyalty to their players, keep the same same? I know people are dying for change and would love to see different combination and that's fully understandable. But for me, I don't really care who wears what jersey. That's irrelevant. What I want to see is some mana, some heart, some pride restored in the jersey. Coaches provide the foundations and base for players to go out and play. But the reality is coaches aren't out there to help you. Get off the ground, make that tackle, catch the ball. That comes to how much you want it. It's time for action. It is time for that all-blackness that defines us to shine bright over Hamilton and make it a horror story for the RGs. But anyone can say what I've just said. You have the keys to drive the beast. Now get back on that bus, start the engine, and drive us back to the glory days, boys. Izzy's Bomb Squad. Oh, bang. You know, you're dead right. It's, you know, at the end of the day, when you go out there, it's about effort. And I like how you said mongrel because, man, if we don't show up with any mongrel, we know what the Argentinians are going to bring. They're going to bring plenty of that, and we need to match them. So turn that key on that bus and stay on it. Stay on yeah. it. Drive it home, Oh, mate. yeah. Drive it through those the Argentinians. The boys have, have a chance. And look, I'm expecting a reaction this week. And no, this, I reckon they're going to put on a performance and go out there and do the job. But it's after that. Only great teams can back up, go back to back, and put on uh, performances like they did. South Africa 
back to Christchurch. You've got to back it up week in, week out. We can't get complacent and think it's just going to happen. So the boys have got an opportunity this weekend to do the job. 11.30, we'll find out that team. Anyway, Mitchell McLennigan going to talk some cricket. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. 1476am in Auckland. This is SENZ. It's Kiwi for Sport. Kia ora, good morning. I'm Aroha Hathaway with SENZ News. The National Party might be over the moon at the government's GST on Kiwi Saver fees back down, but the Green Party co-leader Marama Davidson's hit back at National's hypocrisy on AM early, saying New Zealanders shouldn't forget it was National that dumped the thousand Good morning, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, SCNZ, Thursday the 1st of September. She's another beautiful day down here in Otatahi Christchurch. Oh, I love springtime and I love summertime because that's wow, when the year really starts, doesn't it? It's when we get out and all the social butterflies come out and we can go to the races and we watch some great horses and we can do all of the above. All the, oh, it's just a beautiful time of the year. And speaking of races, Louis got a wee something for you. A wee something for you, have you, Louis? Well, Izzy, it's spring. Why don't you take the kids for a drive out to Rickerton Park today? Go watch the synthetic. Go get this one home for us in race school. five. Sco- oh, school. Right. School. Oh, yeah, sorry. Day, Louis. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. How selfish and uh, clearly not a parent. Um, race five today at Rickerton Synthetic. I reckon there's a winner here. Yeah, just quietly, everybody leaning nice and nice and just shh, don't let the bookies find out. We'll tip it out before Paulie Mawadi comes up. Number four, Bell of the Ball, ran a huge race at Taupo, at Taupo, uh, a couple weeks ago, last week, behind Savito. Opie Boston was on Savito. I tipped out Savito. Very happy it won, but man, Opie gave it a peach. Bell of the Ball had a horrid run, three wide, four wide, checked in the straight, couldn't straighten up. Today from Barrier 2 with a nice weight, the good North Island form in a maiden field, $2.10. Just money for jam, eh? Money for jam. Well, Joe no, money instead of jam good. because Just Ask Me is lazy. <laughs> 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 He's a bit portly. He's a bit oh. portly. <laughs> Honestly, what have you have you spoken to that jockey, Kimpy? No. Okay. Fair maybe maybe it's lucky enough. Maybe Al the Shake Sherrock's hiding them away. Anyway, oh, hey, we well, talk. Al the Shake's <laughs> hiding himself with taking all his out, runners out of Tarzino. All those futures left in the in the breeze. Oh, just didn't even think Ooh. about that. Oh, Al the Shake. He never shy away from a contest. Surely not. Oh, I've given a word after this. Anyway, anyway, let's talk some crickets, boys. Can't keep this man waiting. He's a busy, busy man. Metaverse Mitch. Here we go. As spring beckons, naturally, the summer of cricket is not far away in New Zealand. Yesterday, the Super Smash schedule was released. Although this summer will be a little bit different with the Black Caps not featuring here at home during December and January, the global cricketing calendar is a bit of a head-scratcher at times, and that's been accentuated at the moment the pl- with player movement and availability firming, firmly in the spotlight. Yesterday, Colin de Gromholm put, on an, put an end to the speculation about his future when he announced his retirement from international cricket. Mitchell McLennigan is a good friend of SCNZ, and he's been all sorts of cricketing contracts throughout his fast bowling career. Morning, Mitch. Appreciate you coming on the show, mate. Yeah, second time lucky, eh, lad? Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right, mate. You're doing what you need to do at the gym. You've been uh, a good sort, like Louis this morning. He actually was a good sort 
earlier on this morning. But, mate, sad to see Colin retire. Did you expect this? Hell of a career. Um, I mean, awesome career, um, the way he turned around mm. and ended up turning into a test cricketer, which I thought was uh, uh, not what I picked at the start uh, when I first met Colin uh, as an 18-year-old Zimbabwean with a gold um, driver's licence when he came to New Zealand. Would he, would he have ascended to the best test team in the world without, without him, do you think? Oh, look, I, I don't... I think he just had that impact at the end of the um, the innings um, could just take a game away from you. And, and I think the saw um, in the conditions that we tried to play our cricket in, here in New Zealand, um, him backing up at that at that slower pace to, to Saudi and bowl, um, nibbling that ball around. I mean, he was, you know, he took the ball, new ball ahead of those guys sometimes because of what mm. he could do, do with the ball off the strings and swinging the ball in the air in our conditions. So, Oh, look, I don't think I think he put us in a fantastic position to win that World Test Championship. And look, I I, I guess Colin's decision. Um, he's obviously my age. He's he's towards the end of his career. Um, I, I think I think it probably would have really hurt him um, straight after the World Test Championship that he wasn't like straight on that first first Test list. Um, yeah. uh, I think he, like you say, what he did to get us to that point. Um, Know, should have been rewarded in, in, in some sense. So I, I feel for for him and, and the year that he had to scrap back into that side. And I think he kind of just opened his eyes to what a few of few of the other older boys who kind of well, when I say older guys, I say guys over thirty. Um, what mm. what they've been through once you once you get over that age, and and the perception that um, they're all that you you're done, um, and you're always having a fight for your worth when when. When you actually, you probably you're under, you're understated in terms of like, they're just always looking for someone younger. Um, and over time, he was very lucky in terms of uh, that having the longer format of the game to be able to produce uh, better results. It's a little bit easier in that format of the game to, to kind of take your opportunities to innings with the bat and the ball being an all-rounder. I just think uh, it kind of started creeping up on him that hey, look. Some, they're looking for some younger guy to put you in, regardless of how well you perform. Mate, Colin's had some memorable moments over his career, and what I get a sense on is, is Colin does what what Colin wants. You know, like he's 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 a man of his word. He's pretty um pretty stubborn as they come, but he, he does what's best for Colin, and and that's my I really take my hat off to that, but. For New Zealand cricket, you've had Trent Bolt. Now you've had Colin de Gronholm come out and, and pretty much re- retire and go chase uh, the BBL and, and things like that. Should New Zealand cricket be worried about uh, you know, like a, a many more of the, the cricketers here in New Zealand maybe doing the same and, and heading towards where the money is? Well, look, I, I think it purely just comes down to that point I've just made. I, I think once, once you're mm. over a certain age, um, you're not really valued as much in New Zealand cricket. Um, and and I, I feel like there should be some reward for longevity in this game, particularly particularly with um, the way that contracts are set up with New Zealand, like with New Zealand cricketers, we're all contractors. Um, so like you're on a year-by-year contract, so there's, there's actually no security at all. You're not an employee like you are with like New Zealand rugby where you're on a longer-term contract where you don't need to look over your shoulder and you're on good money. Um, you could lose your job tomorrow. So all your security is out the window. So I can understand why Colin uh, waited until he had a job um, to go to before um, kicking it in. I, I think in his mind he probably thought he maybe had four or five tests left um, at, at a max, and and then that would probably be take him towards the end of his career. So uh, 
you know, that's just the nature of being a contractor, unfortunately, for New Zealand cricket and obviously for, for New Zealand cricketers as well. So the model, do you, do you feel like with what's happened now that New Zealand cricket is starting to take a look at what they're doing and will they change the way that their contracting model will be kind of um, out, out there with these players? Do you think they're going to make a change? Uh, look, I, I don't. I don't think they will because I think it. Um, I don't. I don't think they can. I think with with the nature of it is in New Zealand cricket, we can't pay pay the guys enough. So I don't think the players association ever want to change to an employee model. But I just think just uh, I, I don't know. Look, I, I just think they've, they've decided that there's a whole bunch of guys. Oh, look, I'm really speculating that there's a whole bunch of guys who are getting towards that end of that that age, like Balti to Gronholm. Um, the likes how they're all getting towards that age. Um, Kane's even getting up there now as well. Um, but they've just said, right, we need to knuckle down and actually just promote these young guys coming through and and just hope that they uh, that they that if we reward them early enough in their career um, by getting some starts on some tours around Europe and and looking after them uh, a little bit better, um, that they'll stay with New Zealand cricket. I guess that's the only thing they can hope for, right? Hey Mitch, how cooked is the like wider lens of international cricket's calendar and the governance? Because at the moment we're getting more and more pop-up leagues. Like I even read that Chris Lynn's going to play half the Big Bash, then go play half in the UAE, and that's now just accepted. But the issue is, then you have the amount of international cricket that these uh, countries play. It's okay for England and Baz and Co because they've got depth, they've got enough money to be able to pay and contract enough players to play white ball and red ball and rest and rotate. But for countries like New Zealand where we've only really got, and to be fair our depth as you would know with guys like uh, Michael Bracewell and the Sears and, and coming through the Super Smash is growing, but we don't have 20, 30 test calibre players in New Zealand at the moment. So is the ICC actually the ones that need to stand up here and sort out their calendar because this is going to keep happening? Um, yeah, I, I, I guess they probably can't can't prevent these leagues really coming up um, because the money's coming from India, right? So, um, and, and there's good money being made in terms of um, broadcasting deals um, and rights. So, uh, I think I think what what those T20 teams are doing is something I, I kind of wish um, international cricket did a while ago. There's you see they're starting to pop up with the same owners around the world. I think it would have been fantastic to have like an uh, international T20 league um, that just travelled around each country, had many tournaments, being separate to your to your national test and one day team. I, I thought that would have kept uh, if they funded it through the ICC. I think that would have kept um, people playing for their country in the shorter format a bit longer, um, and maybe battle um, fought off uh, some of some of these leagues around the world. Um, Oh, look, I, I think it just comes down to money at the end of the day, and I can't see the ICC uh, not taking the cash. Um, and, and it's, it's as simple as that. And, um, and, and I guess, I guess from a New Zealand standpoint, I guess we've got to look at it as, um, this is probably the summer of opportunity um, uh, for anyone in New Zealand cricket, even if it's your first year playing domestic cricket. This is your, this is your summer of opportunity to, to, to really play international cricket and. And I think we'll get a really good gauge this end of this summer and the start of our next summer here in New Zealand of where New Zealand cricket's going to be at in the next four to five years. And, uh, look, I'm really nervous. I, I don't think we have the stocks coming through um, that, that, are, that are going to give us that continue on the, 
the legacy that this current crop of players has has, has started. So um, I'm, I'm a bit nervous, but I'm optimistic. I, I really do hope that this summer of opportunity uh, does turn out to be a good one. Don't, Mitch, don't you get a little bit nervous when Heath Mills comes out and says that this type of stuff isn't going to be happening um, where players are looking to go overseas and, and chase the money? Because it is about money. It's not new to sport. We've got to remember that. You know, restraint of trade, it's like anything. If you're a, if you're a, a sparky and you want to go and get more money and go and work up in the mines in Perth um, doing that, you go up there and do that, don't you? So as the as the changing of the guard happens and players see that the opportunity to make money is elsewhere, though I guess the fo- it's, isn't it going to be forced upon the New Zealand cricket um to change the way that they're thinking about their international teams? Because a lot of players will head overseas. Uh, yeah. Look, I think that's already started. I think that's probably why you're seeing Colin, Colin going straight after Bolte, right? Um, you know, Bolte's... They're never going to not pick Bolte for, for a pinnacle event. So that's a, that if, if Colin's playing the best cricket he can, like throughout, you know, in any tournament around the world, then... You know, should be given the same rights as, as someone like a Trent Bolt. So it's kind of made it even harder for New Zealand cricket to come around and turn and, and pick Trent Bolt, in, in my opinion, if they want to try and keep those players. Oh, it's, I, I actually don't know the answer, mate. I, look, my, my stance on T20 cricket, um, global T20 cricket, if your home board's got, uh, looks after the players um, and communicates well, um, communication's going to be the key. But I I actually, if you can get more players playing around the world, um, they're going to play five, six times the amount of cricket. So say a young guy coming through, he's going to play 10 T20s here in New Zealand, max. Um, he could go and play, if he's not playing for New Zealand, he's on the fringe, he's going to play 60, 70 games around the world. So he's going to improve that much faster in different conditions with the best coaches, the best uh, players around them, which we which we don't have here in New Zealand, like... You know, you're learning off, you can go and learn off Mahala and, and Ricky Ponting and, and and the likes of that around the world. So, I mean, in terms of upskilling, I think it should be in New Zealand cricket's plan to actually get guys playing a whole bunch of cricket around the world. Um, but like Afghanistan has done, um, like Pakistan do, like um, like you see what Lenny's just done here, um, guys, once you, they, we should be having deals with the leagues that they can go, they go play half a league, but then come play for New Zealand. Um, but we'll make sure that the guys are available for half the league. But if they get called international, then they have to be released. Um, and that's just an easy conversation, right? It's uh, and all the and the leagues have been doing that with countries like Afghanistan for Rashid Khan and and those guys for for some time. So it's just been a little bit more open to what's going to be best for developing our best players. Um, and it's not playing Super Smash um, ten games a year here in New Zealand. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what unfolds, Mitch. Hey, quickly before we let you go, mate, uh, T20 World Cup's coming up not too far away. Do you see enough in, in the Caribbean against the West Indies for our best 11 mm. to go over there and match it? What's your take, mate? You, we've got a good chance, eh? Oh, yeah, I think, I think we do have a good chance. Um, I, think, I think as long as we, we understand... Well, actually, I, I do like the side that we're putting out. I really do, actually. Uh, um, it excites me. Um, I really, really do hope that um, Lockie Ferguson stays fit. I think he was the making, missing cog in the wheel um, that last T20 World Cup. Um, I think if they... Uh, look, I, I, 
be having someone like Colin Munro uh, in and around the squad. I, I've got a half on about that, but a guy who's been dominant in the big bash for a long time knows how to score runs in those conditions, knows how to score uh, win games. Uh, I think if we look past someone like that, even just on the, on the fringes, if there's an injury, um, I know the squad's already been picked, but I, I'd be making sure someone like that there with experience to come into a starting lineup, which we didn't have in that World Cup final last year, um, or last time. Um, and I think if they structure it properly, I think we've got a really good, really good shot. Mitch, I didn't notice Colin your name. Yeah, Munners, Munners. He's still screwing runs. I actually, Izzy, I didn't notice Mitch's name in the BBL draft. So what's going on there, mate? You yeah. actually retired. <laughs> what's that? No, it actually was. It actually was because I'm back playing, mate. I'm hopefully off to... Uh, oh, it was it? Yeah. No, it was just here because... Uh, no, no. I'm hoping, uh, because the way, way all these tournaments work is that... Uh, you know, a whole bunch of people get injured, a whole bunch of people pull out or go to another league, uh, so they need replacements. And if your name's not in the draft, you're not there as a replacement option. So I'll put my boots back on, hopefully, in a couple of weeks in India. So uh, we'll, we'll see how we go. Wait, so you're off to India? Oh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, well the Legends League is in uh, two, three weeks, I think. So, uh, yeah, I was just waiting for the flights to come through now, doing the visa now, and and bugger off there and, and try to get the boots back on after a year and a bit of hard work. <laughs> oh, oh, the dream. <laughs> the dream's still alive, <laughs> Mitchie boy. The Legends League. I've lost my number, so don't you worry about that. I won't be coming back to New Zealand. Oh, yeah, good, mate. That's that's awesome. The Legends League. Sashin, Tendulka, we got uh, Mitch McLennigan, just your leader, all, all of the episodes. Uh, uh, what, what, what it is, is, is that they need they need a couple of guys who can actually move around the field. Um, <laughs> you know, so I'll, I'll be I'll be boundary running. I might bowl one over if someone pulls a hammy. Um, fine yeah, leg so. to fine leg, bud. <laughs> that, that'll be it, mate. Get the yards up. Um, so, Good work. And just very, very lastly, somebody sledged you. How's your NRL super coach going, Mitch? Uh, yeah, very poorly. I gave, <laughs> I gave up quite quickly. Quite quickly. Yeah, quite quickly. I'll tell you what, it, it reflected the Warriors season. <laughs> uh, very good, mate. All right, Mitch McLennigan, legend. Enjoy the Legends tour, mate. That's so good. Yeah, and uh, we'll catch up again. See you, Mitch. Perfect. Cheers, lads. Oh, funny! I was just being facetious. I didn't. I thought he was actually retired. <laughs> retired. It turns out he's still hanging on. Everyone hangs on to the very last whisker, mate. It is. Honestly, he's still going. His front toe must be that sore because he tries to steam <laughs> and it. He's huge. Tell you. He's massive. <laughs> <laughs> he's got an absolute oh. rig on him. He's he's a big boy. He's an angry boy. Uh, really interesting. What's going to happen with um, cricket around the world as well? Uh, quickly. EPL, Man City, 6-0, done, Nottingham yeah. Forest, wow, Arsenal, 2-1 over Villa, nearly done, uh, Bournemouth Wolves look like they're going to play out a nil or draw, Liverpool have equalised against Newcastle, they are one all, and Tottenham and West Ham are tied up at one each in the 73rd minute there, Madison Keys hanging in there, the 20th seed at the US Open as well against Georgie of Argentina, she is serving to go to a third set tiebreak. After this, we will do a bit of Love Racing.nz. We'll catch up with Paulie Moati before the end of the hour as well as go around the grounds. Jared says, great for the players, but the actual heart is being ripped out of New Zealand cricket right now before our eyes. It's such a shame. What do you say? Double eight, double three. 23 minutes past 
Estate here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. 28 minutes past 8am, Liverpool and Newcastle still won a piece, as is West Ham and Tottenham. Madison Keys leads it to tiebreak 5-1 in the third over there at Flushing Meadows, the US Open. Now, loveracing.nz, your home for everything thoroughbred racing. Izzy must have had a bet because Bell of the Ball is $2.10 into $2. As soon as we tipped it out, that means a couple of you have stuck your $50 TAB bonus bet on it as well. Boys, this weekend there's some really good racing, and actually we spoke about the Shag Sharok. He's got a winner. He's going to win black type race this weekend, the HS Dyke Wanganui Guineas. Soph Mays looks head and shoulders above this field. To be fair, there are unraced horses and there are some unknown quantities. It's not going to be a cakewalk. Accidental Tourist has been able to get through the heavy really well, the Talperion gelding for Mark Walker. But Soph Mays has just gone down ahead to Pacific Dragon, who in turn has run a pretty close race behind Lickety Split. Uh, up there in Ruakaka, and obviously in the heavy where Soph May is the deer and Philly does her best work. She's two from three. Um, she'll be perfectly ready for this race. That Tarapa race was really enough to set her up, and I just think over the 1,200 metres, Soph May's from a good barrier with the 55, and Lisa Allpress should be winning the no, one the guineas. I hope she wins because I've got a deer on. So he gets black type. That's good for us. Yeah, Grange William. Mark Corcoran will be hoping as well. Um, and there's another race, the, the another Phillies race, well, another three-year-old race, I should say, for the Phillies and Wessex with Andrew Foolsman as the top weight there with the highest-rated filly in the race. And she's shown a lot of promise in her early career, but Librasi for Al is in that race as well. So he split his three-year-olds up, romancing to the moon in there. You've got Timeless as well. Some really nice racing actually down at uh, Wanganui for the Guineas Day. Um, we'll preview it all over the next couple of days on SENZ. And of course, this weekend, the Good Oil, Blake Ashford, Clado, and myself, and then you, Kempe, before the Warriors call. 5 p.m. Warriors Gold Coast. We'll have to preview that in depth in around the grounds. Half past eight. Here is Aroha with the news for Kubota together with shaping and building New Zealand. We'll catch up with Paulie Mwadi, the party after this. 27 away from nine o'clock this morning. And it looks like Madison Keys is going to close this one out in her second round matchup over at US Open. She's 8-5 up in her... Tie break in the third set. In the men's singles, what have we got going on? Wendy Murray finished in four sets over there. Alex Dimonor also in four sets. The Aussie. Carino, the 12th seed in four sets over Bubik. And right now on... Well, actually not right now. Oh, yes, right now. No. Second round. Nick Kyrgios in 10 minutes' time. Sorry. Nick Kyrgios. We will get to uh, 8.40 with Bonzi from Benjamin Bonsai from uh, France. So there you go. That's what you're waiting for in the tennis. Liverpool, one each in the EPL. Let's get to Paulie Mwadi at tab.co.nz. Morning to you, Paul. Morning, Louis. How are the boys? Yeah, we're all good. We're all good, mate. How are you? So I was just letting the yeah, boys up. Paulie. I think they were asleep. <laughs> <laughs> My mic was off. Sorry, Paulie. I was just daydreaming outside. <laughs> How are you, brother? Good to hear your yeah, voice. Very, very good. Oh, There's plenty mate. going on. Yeah? What do you got? Um, well, let's have a look at the uh, Rickerton Park Synthetic uh, meeting today. And there's a couple uh, runners that have been very, very well backed. 
down there today. Race two, number two, the Jamie Bullard trained over to you. Uh, that is the best back runner on the card so far. We've had a $3,000 bet out of $1.90 and a $1,500 bet out of $1.90. Uh, now into $1.80. Over to you. Number two in race two at uh, Rickard and Park Synthetic. And race five, uh, number four, Bell of the Ball. Uh, the Arkell runner here with Smiling Joe Cameroon on board uh, $2.10 into $2 that's the second best backed runner at Rickard and Park Synthetic today so there's a couple of very well backed uh, horses going around today on the synthetic track and of course there's a big rugby league match tonight between the Parramatta Eels and the Melbourne Storm this has huge ramifications for top four uh, placings um, the Melbourne Storm were very, very well backed before the news that Jerome Hughes wouldn't be taking part. They've now drifted out to do two dollars and seventeen. The Melbourne Storm, Parramatta Eels, into a dollar sixty-six. But the early money was on the Storm to win this match. Um, we'll just be interesting to see whether we take a wee bit more of the Eels way now that um, Munster won't have his buddy in the halves with him today. Cooper mm. John's taking the place of Jerome Hughes. Um, so 217 on the Melbourne Sword, of course. Bonus back promotion on all NRL games uh, this weekend. So check out all the T's and C's on the website. I'm just having a look down the page here. The best back power play that I can see at the moment, it's a $5 shot, either Mike Acevo or David Nufualuma to score the first try. It's paying $5, being very well supported by punters. Beauty, beauty. I'm just having a wee look at the synthetic track there. And <laughs> thank you for that tip on number one. I appreciate that. that. Thank you, Paulie. Uh, excellent yeah, stuff. Boy. Well, have a good weekend, mate, and we'll catch up with Pip Morris at tab.co.nz tomorrow. 24 away from 9 o'clock. I actually just think we've found something to multi into Bell of the Ball. It's Harness Racing New Zealand, Pacing for Purpose, Season 2. Ooh, here we go. Tonight at the park, yeah, 7.41, 19 to 8 they call it, we have got ourselves Montana DJ, which has been a bull at the trials, they reckon, has been going really good, the Captain Treacherous Colt. And it's been backed in from two dollars ninety to a two dollars twenty to a dollar ninety. So, pacing for purpose on behalf of Child Cancer Foundation, we're going to have a bet on the dollar ninety pop. We'll try double our money with our fifty bucks this week, straight on the schnoz of Montana DJ. And if you wanted to multi that with Bell of the Bull, you're going to get three dollars eighty. So I'm going to have a head straight up bet on Bell of the Ball and then I might save a little bit for a multi with Montana DJ as well. A couple of bets you can have throughout the day. West Ham are one each with Tottenham in the 87th, Liverpool and Newcastle. They're also tied in the 77th and Madison Keys has progressed through to the third round at the US Women's Open. After this, it's around the grounds. 17 away from 9 o'clock now. By the way, there's a golden ticket race at Mooney Valley on Saturday. It is race number five, the Mitty's McEwen Stakes. No, sorry, race number four. 
the Fiam Stakes, and Mr. Brightside, who came back from his break in awesome fashion, is back in this race, and I think the dollar ninety is going to be really hard to stop because this race it's it's unfortunate. There's only six horses in it, and some of them are stayers. They're just starting their Melbourne Cup sort of cups campaigns. Uh, Sound Spanish Mission and Forgot You. So inspirational girl Earlswood and Mr. Brightside. It's a race between them and Mr. Brightside with the good draw and the second up form. Um, I think he's going to have the edge on the ones fresh up. That's just me. But it's a dollar ninety, so it's short enough. Gee, this weekend's great for a bet. Yeah, yeah, Izzy. I know you're getting up and about, mate. It's springtime. I'm excited. It's also time for Around the Grounds, lads, and we have plenty going on this weekend to try and settle. Well, actually, today, let's start today, 11am. Serena Williams is up against the second seed, Annette Contevet, in the second round of the US Open. This could be the last time we see the Queen of Queens. Are you boys backing her, or is the second seed going to be too strong? Come on, Serena. I'm going Serena. 100, 100 on Serena. I wanted to have the schwong schwong on their last one, so yeah. Sounds like a racehorse. Swan song. Yeah. Uh, Taranaki <laughs> versus Waikato at Yarrow Stadium, Saturday, 2 p.m. Reopening a Yarrow first Stadium, game, by the way. First game back, Taranaki all day. Waikato. <laughs> <laughs> Waikato, mate. They are sharp, and I just think, yeah, they'll be, they'll be too good. Hey, for, uh, give his Taranaki. Brett. Brett from Huntley. Who's going to win? <laughs> Who's going to win, Brett? You, you come and tell him. You see Uncle Straight. Uh, Warriors versus Titans, Mount Smart Stadium, Saturday, 5pm. You will not believe what Kimpy said earlier, is he? I'd, look, I'd, I think the Warriors' form's got a home, and the Titans been playing really well. And yeah, it's going to be a close one. Go on. I think the Titans will get him. Seriously. <laughs> I know I know. it's going to be a big day for them, but... Mate, they're playing well, the Titans. Look, I want to go to the Warriors. I'm probably going to stop them now. I'll go to the Warriors, Kempi. I'll just stay. uh, Yeah, hopefully they can just give the fans a little bit. They're sold out, so yeah, repay the fans. I hope they can get it done, but I'll probably be wrong. But Warriors for me. Oh, you better not stop this team. Auckland Uni Debt Collectors versus the Southern Bush Pigs <laughs> at FMG Stadium, 4.15pm on Saturday. Come on, the Bush Pigs. <laughs> bush Pigs! <laughs> get, up, get up the pigs. Get up, up the, the bushies. Jeez, I thought I was just transported to one of their huddles at team training tonight. Their last team training there for a second. <laughs> How you going? <laughs> Do your job. Trust your pig. Trust your yeah. pig, the bushies, and snap Jack Lady. That's what Izzy reckons, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, All Blacks, Argentina at FNG Stadium, Waikato. Hamilton, Saturday night, 7.05 pm. Shit, look. I don't. I can't even imagine. Oh. Like, they've lost so many games that already this year that we've said if they lose this. What happens? So uh, there's not even any point saying what happens if they lose this. But there's just no real answer other than they have to win, Kempi. Have they sold it out? I doubt it. It's really sad. All Blacks. Yeah. <laughs> All Blacks. Um, 
Yeah, like I said, edge, backs against the wall. It's easy to get up for these games. Um, but yeah, expecting a, a big performance from the lads. There were no complacency this week, especially if they ring nah. the changes. 11.30 today. How many changes will we get? Smithy, I'm sure, will be pondering that throughout the morning. Uh, Liverpool right now, gee whiz, while Man City and Eric Haaland are scoring goals for fun, that's what Liverpool were doing in the weekend, but now they're back locked at one all in pretty uninspiring effort against Newcastle. They've just taken a free kick and whipped one into the box. So they are on attack, but with four minutes to go in this game, it's not looking likely. They play Everton at Goodison Park. On Saturday at 11.30pm. Now, this is one, one of the great rivalries in sport. Yep. It's a, it's next it's next door. It's just down the road. Over the road, isn't it? It is. Yeah, you drive, you drive past them in five minutes. So I'm going to go local derby. I'm going to go Liverpool. Everton. Because I just want to wind up. <laughs> Kiz. <laughs> Kiz. Kiz has abandoned the show anyway. Kiz has gone and joined his yeah. father. Yeah. He's sleeping. He's going to join his Who dad. Is he? His dad, Steffi. Okay. Is there a betting market on the Bush Pig game, says Joe? I don't know, but there should be. And we'd all be, there'd be a dollar one because everyone would back them off the map. Omen bets. And good on Izzy, my cousin. I'll shout you a McCafe, brother, says Brett Waikato. All day long. Boys, last one. We'll close it off here because this will get Izzy going. Um, Canterbury versus Hawks Bay, Orange Theory Stadium, Christchurch, Sunday, 2 p.m. Draw. Hawks. <laughs> <laughs> Hawks Bay all day, boys. Hawks Bay all day. And I'm going to take Arlo along, actually. I wanted to take him to the All Blacks game just to see if he'd sit there and be interested in it. But I'll take him along to Hawks Bay on Sunday and watch the game. And, and I'm going to get him a jersey and put him in the colours. So Hawks Bay all day for me, lads. Oh, you can just t- take him in his Christchurch uh, rugby kit because he plays for a town no, club no, no. and he's a Canterbury supporter. No, 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 Louis. Don't be silly, man. He's a Hawks Bay supporter, my boy. Magpies all day, eh, son? Magpies! Kaka! Yeah, you know. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> Heaps on there. Uh, Ten away from nine. We've all lost the plot. Um, Coco Goff, well, she hasn't lost it. She's coming down to New Zealand at the start of the year, and she is leading one set to love right now in her second-round matchup as well at the US Open. Can't wait to watch some tennis. Liverpool hot on attack. Ah, oh, he's just missed left of the goal mouth. One all in the 90th minute against Newcastle. Smithy, the doyen's not far away, and we'll also tip out our greyhound runner for our charity run and read your last couple of texts. Ten from nine. It's the Great Greyhound Race in New Zealand Charity Run. Radio, we love our dogs and they love to race. grnz.co.nz, all you need to know about greyhound racing in Aotearoa. Bundy Bomber, race two at Cambo today. So, yeah, we're back to Cambridge where we had a little couple of collects yesterday and we're looking at race two, box eight in the pink bib. Bundy Bomber for Phil Green. $3.2050 on the Schnoz for Child Cancer Foundation. Enjoy it. Jumps, loops them, wins. Don't come back if it doesn't. Uh, we've got a good <laughs> chance of winning it, but Australia are still the favourites for me, says Jamie, about the Rugby League World Cup. Kempi, shake your head in disgust. Go on. No, well, I think he'd be he'd quite surprised, Jamie, when he finds out that they're picking quite a few players that um, wouldn't be playing Origin because they're going to choose to play for Samoa Tonga. So I think, um, you know, if that's the case and the Kiwis 
can take away the team that play Tonga this year, then I think we we have certainly got the wood on them. Morena, lads, I feel as though Fozzie has backed himself into a corner with some of his previous statesmen with Sammy Kane as captain, Geordie Barrett at fullback when he wants to be in the midfield and playing like it. Now we are saying rebuilding after picking close to the same team for the last two and a half years with no signs of improvement and pretty much going backwards. I really hope that he is bold and brave enough to really mix it up and back some of the new boys' talent combinations, JJ I love that from you, JJ. Smithy is in the Hawks Bay. He's up after 9 o'clock. Let's sleep on it with temper. Smithy, shut your eyes and tell me this. Does Fozzie go nuclear and completely change his selection? No, I don't think he does. No, I, I, I just don't. It's about the process. It's about the involvement. Um, you know, so he's got his theory. He's, he's got his uh, way of doing things. And I don't see it changing. Liverpool have just scored, can you believe it, in the 98th minute. Oh, my God. Minute. 98th minute? Uh, yeah, so there you go. Um, no, I don't, I don't see wholesale changes. Uh, it, it's just not Fozzie, is it? He's not that kind of guy. He, he's pretty conservative, and he you know, takes a lot to change things. So much as I'd like to see a really revamped side, I don't see it. I really don't see it coming. See, can't see him um, having, a, having been bold and brave and, and changing, particularly around the breakdown there. I've talked about it on the show. Just we struggled there ability to slow the ball down or even get any uh, personnel over the ball and Jackal won't change Sammy Kane and, and give Dalton a chance? I think he should. I really do think he should. Mm. I, I think he should make a lot of changes. Uh, you know, I think uh, your mate Nuggy could do with a, a, just a, a seat on the bench for this particular test match. Mm. Uh, you know, yep. I, I wouldn't uh, be averse to seeing uh, Finley Christie or Falao Fokotava getting some decent game time in this test, to be honest. Um, I'm, still not, uh, I'm still not sold on 10. In all honesty, I'm still not sold on 10. Um, and, you know, I'd really like to see Will Jordan at, at fullback and maybe Geordie Barrett in the centres. Geordie Barrett was our best running uh, back the other day. He made more ground running than any other back that we had. He ran straight. Yeah. And the other guy I'd like to see, because he does run straight and runs really good lines on angles, is Quinta Pire. Have a crack on his home mm-hmm. ground as well. So that would be my centre pairing. Geordie Barrett, 12, Quinter Pye, 13. Smithy, well picked up from you. Carvalho, literally in the definition of a, skull ma- a goal mouth scramble, somehow just bounced to him and he's volleyed in. It's hit the bottom of the crossbar and gone in. In the 98th minute, you're right, with five minutes stoppage time. So they've gone three and a bit over the stoppage time. Figure that. I don't know how that's happened, but a great escape for Liverpool, who really have been looking pretty dodgy this EPL season so far. What do you got coming up today, mate? Right, okay, got Guppy, Martin Guptill, just after 9 o'clock. Uh, of course, the Black Caps are heading off for the Chapel Hadley, so we'll have a chat to him. Going to talk to uh, Sam Hargraves uh, about Cameron Smith. Sam's uh, an SEN man, uh, like all of us, and he is uh, all over uh, the Cameron Smith defection, so we'll talk to him about that. Uh, and also Ricardo after 11 o'clock. Big round of uh, football this morning, and another one coming up at the weekend in the EPL, and of course, the Phoenix bailing out last night against MacArthur, so we'll talk some football with Ricardo, lads. Beautiful, Smithy. Big show for you, mate. Appreciate you coming on and sharing your thoughts on what's unfolding in the ABs. Yep, 11.30, they'll name their team. Will they be bold and make some changes? We'll find out. But remember, Cricket, Chapel Hadley Series in Australia, live here with Dan McCarty, Grant Elliott, Sam Hargreaves, and Damien Fleming bringing you all the action next week, live here on SCNZ. Appreciate all your messages. Field of dreams, it is flying. Back tomorrow. Kakitiano. 
For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.